This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good morning. Welcome, everybody, to our show for this Thursday morning. And quite a big show we have, including a true crime report that's about an hour away, starting in the 8 o'clock hour and then going on throughout the day on KLAQ. We've got your cash code keywords. Every time you hear a keyword, memorize or write it down and then go to the KLAQ mobile app or KLAQ.com. Enter that keyword and every time you enter a keyword, it's a, another entry for cash every day. We have one $2,000 winner. But you could also be a winner of $10,000. There's a new cash code keyword every hour starting at 8 a.m. and going through the 5 p.m. hour on KLAQ. We're getting lots of winners. A $2,000 winner every day could be you next. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to review some of that. Let me uh, tell you about overnight weather. It was very, very windy last night. So uh, wind is kind of going to die off before this afternoon. Uh, But still look for some gust in the early morning hours. I mean, I didn't see any when I was on my way in, but it was so windy. By the time I got to work, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some branches and limbs down maybe you know maybe even some power line but nico will tell you <laughs> we were talking about how windy it is it was so windy nico had to cut his hair yesterday so it wouldn't get messed up how long have you been thinking about that yeah, one just, yeah. just All right. occurred to me. i was just telling people that overnight it was so windy it's whist like the whole building is the whistling building. yeah that's it. scary uh i live pretty close to here and and i almost felt like the house was just gonna be taken it was just be like all right so over, right. overnight, some heavy-duty winds. Don't be too surprised, although I haven't seen any if there aren't some branches down uh, in the high winds last night. Did you have to bring your dogs in? Tell me you brought Sparky and Jerry in. They're in most nights. Okay. Most nights. Okay, good. My girlfriends are real softy <laughs> when it comes to the dogs, so most nights they're inside. Oh, good job. Speaking of my girlfriend, uh-huh. I've got instructions from her. Oh, nice. Okay. She framed a, a photo of us together, and I'm supposed to display it prominently in my workspace. Oh, how nice. <laughs> Prominent. <laughs> Let me see the picture. Do you have it? Oh. <laughs> but you don't even look. That's a nice picture. I think it says everything about your relationship. There you go. I'm supposed to put a photo of me and my girlfriend prominently displayed in my work area. How cute. <laughs> I don't know if I fully explained to her. This is radio. We don't have a lot of people seeing what's Nobody in can see this. <laughs> what's in the studio. But, but you can see it. So it should be like, oh, every time you mm-hmm. look at it, oh, my girlfriend. Oh. All right. My boo. That's what just, happened. Yeah. I just want it publicly registered that I have done as instructed. Is she listening? No, probably is not. Is anybody she knows listening? Yeah. Everything gets back to her oh, one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> There are a bunch of little informers out there. Right. I don't know who they are, but the walls have ears. Anything that's said <laughs> finds its way back to her. <laughs> uh, today, the winds in the afternoon are actually going to be light, like 
five mile an hour winds this afternoon. Sunny, 75 for the high temperature. Tomorrow's going to be sunny and 77. And it could get a little windy in the morning tomorrow as well. Uh, Saturday looks like the day you're going to go for if you want to do some outdoor activity. Winds are going to be 10 to 15, but then on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday of next week, we're looking for much higher wind than that up in the 20 and 30 mile an hour range starting on uh, Sunday. So that's kind of what we're, uh, believe it or not, as far as getting outside doing something, this afternoon is going to be the least windy day that we have in the forecast. So this would be the afternoon. Yeah, this if you could get out, sneak away, and play around a golf or whatever, this would be the afternoon uh, to do it. Except the Masters starts today. The Masters Golf Tournament. I'll check in in a few minutes and see what time Tiger's set to tee off because he said he's going to play. And, uh, you know, Many people think the Masters is the most prestigious most of all the major golf tournaments most, on the uh, tour. Boring. Well, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Some very exciting moments <laughs> have come out of Augusta. Joanna, have you ever watched a game of golf? No. I mean, <clears throat> no. I've not. <laughs> it, is it, it's never been on TV in a room that you were in? Not no. that you wanted to stay in. No, it's not. Not in my house. I'll be honest with you. When I was a kid, my dad would watch golf, I guess, just about every Sunday afternoon. Oh. And it cool. was so freaking boring. I hated it. It was like, well, because we only had one TV. You know, back uh-huh. in the 70s, we only had one TV. Right. And that's it's what like, you were watching. Yeah, we're not going to watch anything on Sunday because dad's on the couch watching golf, golf. And now I love it. I'll watch the women. I'll watch the seniors tour or the champions tour. It's called now. I'll watch the corn fairy tour. The corn fairy tour. <laughs> it's kind of like the minor leagues oh, golf okay. right now. But well, and you know what's funny is that whoever your dad was watching play back then, you probably would have been a big fan of now. Whoever your dad was watching is probably Arnold Palmer back then, or whoever. Jack Nicklaus. Jack Nicklaus. Yeah. Lee Trevino. Raymond Floyd. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, speaking of golf, golfer John Daly, known as Long John Daly for how long he would, how far he would hit the ball, has put out a country <laughs> album. Daly. Is that the only reason he's called that? <laughs> yeah. You have to talk. You have to talk to his girlfriend. <laughs> has put out a country music album, and Willie Nelson is the guest on one of his songs. Long John, Long, John Daly. John Daly. Yeah, he played at the University of Arkansas, and then he won on tour. He won, and he now won a he's playing with Willie Nelson. Well, he got Willie Nelson to be a guest on one of his songs. Guess what? Is it good? Willie does not save this song. Oh, no. <laughs> it does not slap. You could have Willie and Waylon on there, and it wouldn't save this song. <laughs> Let's find out what else we're going to be talking about on the show today. Let's get a preview from Joanna Barber and Entertainment News. So in the world of entertainment, what's coming up today, Joanna? Did y'all know that Jim Carrey is in The Weeknd's new album? I just had read something about it this what? week. What? Yeah, he is on the newest album. That is on so the strange. Album or John, in the video? In the album, it says, Jim is on his newest album, Dawn FM, and in the video for Out of Time. Does he sing? I have no idea. Does he just say, all righty then? Yeah. Does right, he just do catchphrases? Right, it's all about the mask. Because apparently, The weekend, whose real name is Abel, is a huge fan of The Mask. Oh. And that that movie is what inspired him to go into show business. Not Son of the Mask, though. Not Son With of the Mask, probably. 
I heard that uh, the weekend is thinking about going by his real first name, going by his real name of Abel. Abel. Oh, that's interesting. Why? I don't know. Just said that he. Oh, I thought you were setting up a joke. No, not a joke. I was no, just is this telling news? Oh, this is no. real. Oh, that's real. <laughs> not everything I say I is a lie. I love the weekend. Shit, boy, do I. Only two days away. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know we're like in the pre-kind? I've recently learned that term from Thursday succession. is the pre-kind? Thursday's pre-kind. When does pre-kind officially it's start? Maybe on lunch. Wednesday night? Thursday lunch. Thursday lunch. Yep. It is the pre-kind. Pre-kind. The pre-kind. All right. Thank you, Succession. This freaking preakin. The Globetrotters are coming later this month, and I just found out we had Globetrotter tickets. If you guys have oh never seen God, the Globetrotters, I would like I to take you because that's something we did. My parents would take us when the Globetrotters came through town when I was a kid. Aww, I want to take my daughter. Nice. I'd like to invite you guys to go see the... Have you ever seen the Globetrotters? Uh, I saw Scooby-Doo yeah, when, when they the, used to solve crimes the guests, with them. Yeah. Right. Roings, it's Merrick Renan. <laughs> <laughs> so, did the Globetrotters have just one traveling team with Metal Ark and like the big guys, or was there separate teams that would have different guys that would travel under different? You know, my feeling was always they had the core lineup. Okay, but just like a basketball team, you know, these guys would play. You could play a little bit longer because you weren't really playing com- mm-hmm. competitive <laughs> basketball. <laughs> They, listen, they could do trick they were shots, still, though. They were still fantastic athletes. Yeah. All of these guys had major college experience or even had played in the pros, but you could extend your, you know, I think Metal Art probably played till he was almost 50. Nice. You know, and your shelf life is about 35 Normally. if you're in the NBA. Yeah. And, um, But I used to, you know, the Globetrotters were such a big deal back in the 70s. You could name like a lot, you know, Sweet Lou Dunbar, Curly Neal, Metal Arc Lemon. You yeah, could probably Curly. name a bunch of those guys. And uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like I know the names of any Globetrotters. I, maybe I do, and I'm just not aware of it. But we were going to have tickets for the Globetrotters to give away uh, over the next few days. So be listening for your chance to win those. Nico, do you want to? Do you want to talk about a news story since you're doing news this week? Do you want to talk about like what's in the news? Mm. I got some clips uh, of <laughs> the Texas Governor Greg Abbott who says that he's going to send busloads of illegal immigrants and dump them off in Washington, yeah. D.C. Have you heard this, Joanna? I have, yeah. Okay, so since uh, we're going to bring that up in news clips and news later. let's. So I have something else I want to bring up. All right, what is Do it? Do you know who Albert Pujols is? Albert Pujols. Pujols, which is... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that correction. (laughs) Hey, listen, it definitely is Pujols. Uh, Uh, He was a former Major League slugger. Well, um, there's a news story out where he says he's divorcing his wife, Deidre, days after her brain surgery. Oh, my God. What a Pujols. (laughs) You know what he says? I realize this is not the most opportune time. (laughs) St. Louis Cardinals slugger Albert Pujols said Monday he's filing for divorce from his wife, Deidre, who had a brain tumor removed just days ago. I realize this is not the most opportune time with opening day approaching. (laughs) With opening day approaching? And other family events that have recently taken place. These situations are never easy and isn't something that just happened overnight. Wait, is Albert Pujols still in the league? I would have no, thought. No, no, no. He's he, he'll be he's a near certain Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, but with opening day. Oh. Is he still play? Is Albert Pujol still playing? Uh, exhibit. Uh, uh, maybe he's a broadcaster now. Yeah. Or something. Well, it says he does exhibition it. games. Oh, okay. So who you remember the politician in the early nineties who had his wife served with divorce papers while she was still in the hospital mm-hmm. for cancer treatment? Who? Newt Gingrich. Yes. <laughs> like in the hospital, right? Unable to get out of bed because of you know chemo or radiation or whatever. It was like a very serious cancer diagnosis, and it's like, oh, by the way, here are these. What a poo-hole. I'm going to need your sign. What a Gingrich. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We got some sound clips uh, standing by coming up this Saturday from 11 to 1. Joanna Barba from the Buzz Adams Morning Show wants to give you free tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Yay! Yeah, I do. The Globetrotters are coming to the Don Haskins Center Saturday, April the 16th. You'll find Joanna at Wright Drive's new location at 9315 Montana this Saturday starting at 11 a.m. for their grand opening at that location. Tax season is auto buying season, so they're holding a loan event. Wright Drive will have one source goodies, food from Sunland Park Barbecue, and Joanna will have Globetrotters tickets. That's this Saturday, 11 to 1 at the new Wright Drive location at 9315 Montana. All right, we've got a few sound clips uh, standing by to share with you today. Taking a look at some of our top stories. Uh, first of all, President Biden yesterday said that new sanctions are going to be in place targeting Russia's elites. I'd never heard him talk about Putin's daughters before, but yesterday they were saying that some of these economic sanctions are going to go after Putin's daughters. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them? I, yeah, Putin I ha- has daughters? Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know he had spawned. Right? He had. Yep. Putin's daughters. She looks just like him. One of them looks very similar to him. Uh-oh. I can't judge the looks of a Putin until I see him riding a horse bareback. Right. And topless, so. Oh, that's unfortunate. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says illegal immigrants who are captured on the Texas-Mexico border are going to be shipped to Washington, (laughs) D.C. Here is the Texas governor talking about his plan. The governor says that this uh, move will make politicians realize what a bad move it is to end the Trump-era Title 14 deportation uh, protocol. And put them where? Is there a home for them? Are you just turning them loose, loose inside the United States, Greg Abbott? That sounds like a catch and release type of yeah. situation that you're advocating for. And when he says that the Biden administration, I think he means ICE and Border Patrol and Cust, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the federal government. Well, if you don't think this goes far enough, good news. Governor Abbott says he's got more border security actions coming. Oh. Jim Carrey's uh, speaking out about appearing on The Weeknd's latest album, and he says that he had a chance to hang out with The Weeknd and that they drove around and listened to the album after hours before it came out. Uh, here's, I think this is Jim Carrey talking about hanging out with The Weeknd. Jim is on the newest album from The Weeknd, Don FM, and is in the video for Out of Time, and when he referred to Abel... I guess that's the weekend's first name, mm-hmm. like his real first name. 
In honor of the Masters starting today, here's Willie Nelson joining <laughs> golfer John Daly. It is a uh, track from John Daly, uh, PGA professional John Daly's latest album, Whiskey and Water. Oh, that's a good title. It's a good song title. For a country song. Yeah, but you tell me if this is good, okay? Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, when he's by himself. All right, John Daly and Willie Nelson, one at a time, please. You know, what, or were they at trying least to harmonize? Sing, sing the words at the same time. <laughs> right. I, I think they were trying to do this harmony thing. They tried to, and they failed. wonder how many takes that was to, <laughs> get, to get that. That was the best one, yeah. Uh, court has ruled that Ed Sheeran did not steal the song Shape of You. The court ruled yesterday that the song was not plagiarized from a 2015 track by Sammy Switch called Oh Why. After the ruling, Sheeran made a video and said that he was happy with the result, but that these types of lawsuits are happening way too often these days. My favorite part of these kind of stories, and I'm sure it's your favorite part as well, is playing the song yes. side by yeah. side and figuring out if you think that, <laughs> you know, what, what are your ears here? So, first of all, we're going to hear Ed Sheeran's Shape of You, which I'm sure everybody's heard, you know, over the loudspeaker of mm-hmm. the mall at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> followed by Sammy Switch's song, Oh Why. Uh, so Ed Sheeran first, and then the guy that he supposedly or he was accused of plagiarizing second. Okay, now we're going to get into the song that came out in 2015 okay. that he was accused of plagiarizing. I don't hear it. Just the just the O I O I O I right. Oh, okay. But as far as sounding, let me let me hear a little bit of it again. Okay. But the 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 music behind it isn't. Yeah, the same. could they say? All right, well, maybe he plagiarized the O-E-O-E-O-E part, so here's 500 bucks. I, is that even plagiarizing? I, I don't think so. I don't those think are, so. Those are syllables. Those are words. Uh-huh. I mean, those are just sounds. They're not even lyrics. Uh, to me, it doesn't, you know, unless the songs... It's a bit of a reach. ...sound very much alike. Well, anyway, the court found in favor of Ed Sheeran. Let's just say both of those songs slap. And they're both baby-making music. <laughs> There's now a Cracker Jill version of Cracker Jack to promote women's sports. Nice. Because anything that has a male connotation has to have, like, a female connotation now. Look how it bothers Buzz. Yeah, look how triggered he is. <laughs> they're putting women on quarters now? I've never heard of. <laughs> I've never heard of these women on quarters. Now they're making Cracker Jill. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, let me see if I could get people. Uh, I don't know if this will light up the phones or not, but take me out to the ball game. Uh-huh. Was that ever a sexist song? I mean, it doesn't mention boys or girls, does it? Take me out to the ball game. Uh, is that the point? That's right. Is that what you think the point is? Are you just upset because they well, made this is like all, a this girl one is version. all about girls. Uh huh. But the original song. But why isn't there one about boys? All right. Well, are they going to turn Dolly Madison, or are they, are they going to have a Tommy Madison version? They could. People? But why? Because men like you are complaining now? What's a Tommy Madison? I don't know. What's Just, a Dolly what's a, Madison? What's a Cracker Jill? It's the it's opposite a, of Cracker Jack. Jack and Jill same, went down the hill. I bet it's the same thing. 
It's the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. But there's now a woman representing as well. Do you have a problem with that? Yeah. It's just like an excuse for actually oh. doing anything. It's like, well, what can we do to make the situation better for women in the workplace, uh, women in the job market? Give them your job. Let's give them a version of Cracker Jack. No, what other measures would you be willing to support? Give them your job. Sure. (laughs) I would do that, but then I would just go to another radio station. I have to end up kicking a girl's ass. (laughs) It's not a win for me. Yeah. Does everything that has man have to become, well, we're going to make a woman version of it? Well, you sound like the same people that are like, why are they casting multi-ethnicities in this movie now? Do do we have to get, represent everybody in the world? It's like, uh, it doesn't hurt. Right. It doesn't hurt to do it. Did you think the all-female Ghostbusters was a good movie or an original movie or anything worth it? It had nothing to do with merit? them being all women. It just had to do with the bad story. The sucking. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is... We're going to do this, but we're not going to do anything original or we're not going to do anything. We're just going to take. I wasn't, let's just say this. I wasn't judging the new Ghostbusters movie based on the fact that it was all women. When are they going to do a reboot of Wonder Woman where Wonder Woman is a man? (gasps) The world's not ready for that, are they? I think think that's called Superman. The whole point, Buzz, that you're missing is that men are represented quite a bit. Okay, so. It's all about representing the people. Yeah, who but wouldn't aren't. it be get better to get representation for women without just having to make a copy of whatever the man thing is? And by the way, Cracker Jack, I never thought, oh, that's a male snack food. Who the hell you eats Cracker think Jack about that, now? Anyway, you're already a man. Probably, yeah. So it's ever bothered you? You've been eating a box of Cracker Jack, and it's occurred to you they ought to have a version for Cracker women. Jill. Number one, I don't eat Cracker Jack. Nobody does. Nobody under <laughs> the age of a hundred eats Cracker Jack. <laughs> Why are you so triggered by this thing that's probably just a promotion that's going to last only a few months? Why are you so triggered, Mike? I guess why are you triggered? Letting little girls know, hey, you also can do this. Yeah, what's wrong with telling somebody that you're special? Okay, you're you're a woman. Being a woman in in today's world is. I think the main thing is they're trying to find a way to make Cracker Jack relevant. That sure. Start putting really? actual, it's a marketing push. How about start at putting actual toys back in the box <laughs> instead of little papers? Put my toy back in the box. Yeah, put a, stop <laughs> making it happen, Cracker Jill. Cracker Jill. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to do representation, if you want to up representation, don't just do a shallow copy of something that already exists. Like don't we're, take something, something uh, that already exists for me. You're not taking it from me. It's just a. It's it just a lazy. Like you're a little upset. It, it seems lazy. I don't think it's lazy. I think if I was trying to, if I was in Major League Baseball and they were like, "Well, we're trying to think of a marketing ad and scheme towards women," I'd think, "Well, Cracker Jack, Jack and Jill went up the hill to have a little fun." Uh, Cracker Jill, sure. All right, let me ask you I'm a question. I'm going to buy boxes of Cracker Jill just to throw them Just to face. trigger them. I bet you can't even find them. I bet this is such yeah, a shallow you know attempt. Just that for they, saying that, I'm going to Amazon this. They only put it out yeah, so they could make so some kind of statement. only do that, and it's still triggering sure. you somehow. It's the definition of slacktivism. They're not doing anything. Slacktivism? Yes. It doesn't accomplish anything. It's not even anything oh people thought... God, this has not been so a problem triggered. that Cracker Jack has been sexist. Okay, wait, wait. Cracker Jack has sucked what, for a uh, lot of reasons. You're telling me that brands have never had marketing campaigns geared towards activism before? Uh, that are always lazy? 
Yeah, but I, we ought to be as honest enough to say, look, this is just a a, a dumb, it's, lame. It's not dumb, to... and it's not lame. It's it's cool. Whatever. It's a new thing. All right. Enjoy your cracker jills. <laughs> It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I just want to be on the record as saying that those Scott Lehman commercials where he's got gas and it's got a drop. With a drop. We are laughing so hard right now. But... So funny. <laughs> we've got entertainment news Coming up in a moment with Joanna Barba, and then we've got a true crime report on the way. Here is Nice Tony, who called yesterday. Hey, Nice Tony. Hey, Nice Tony. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good. Can I do a reset here just so everybody knows what we were talking about yesterday? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so uh, first guy called in on the neckline and said that as an Uber driver, he has to go and get like a pass to go on to Fort Bliss. And in order to do that, one of the new rules is that you are you have to have your passenger stick around with you. And then Tony called in and said that process can take anywhere from five minutes to an hour. Then we had somebody call in and say, Oh, good news for Uber drivers. You can do all that online now. But then we found out, (laughs) no, you've got to do it from a military computer. And then a guy from Fort bliss called and said, uh, people are exaggerating and we're never rude to people come in. So that was, uh, Kind of where we left it yesterday, because Tony, I think oh. you had said people had yelled at you and were rude. And... Correct. Well, I didn't catch the the rest of the show that part of the rest of the show yesterday. Um, I caught it this morning at the on the five o'clock hour when Hector called that he works there. I know who exactly that is. When the when the policy changed, the first time I found out, he was the one that was helping me out. And then he he, he told me, and I go, I go, well, that doesn't make sense. I go, what if somebody needs to be there on time? And these were his exact words. That's not my problem. He's a civilian worker. There's another civilian worker, an African, uh, African-American lady. She is the one that yells and is rude with everybody. He doesn't yell, but he, he, he's, I mean, you know, he's just about, almost as bad as she is. But they are two in a handbasket. They are just terrible people. I think, well, I don't know if they're terrible people. <laughs> yeah. they, no. they probably have their priority, and their priority isn't, to, I guess, to make it easier for, for Uber. Uber drivers, yeah. Or for Uber passengers. Guy, I'm, a, I'm, a re- I'm a respectful guy. I always go in there, good morning, with my pleasantries. No, they are uh, they are rude, disrespectful people. If you don't believe me, other I challenge other Uber drivers that have dealt with them to call in on the next line okay. and leave messages just to show that I'm right. Oh, I got one more thing. Um, I do Uber and Lyft, and for all you Lyft riders and drivers, just to know, you know how they're charging 55 cents and giving it to the driver? Mm-hmm. Lyft is not. They're charging a dollar fifty and only giving the fifty five cents to the driver. They're keeping the ninety five oh. cents for themselves. Well, what's the upcharge for the fuel? It should be fifty five cents. Uber charges fifty five cents, and and Liv came out to say they're charging fifty five cents to the customer to give to the driver. I just had a passenger with Liv told me that they charge a dollar fifty for the uh, for the new fuel surcharge, but they only give us fifty five cents out of it. So they're keeping ninety five cents. Out of the fuel, so out of dollar fifty, instead of giving us the whole dollar fifty, they give us fifty five cents, and they keep ninety five cents. So for all you Lyft riders and drivers, switch over to Uber; it's a better platform. Uh-huh. All right, guys, that's all I got. All right, I nice, go. Tony. We'll see you later. Thanks, man. Yeah, people have different priorities sometimes. You've been to a DMV? <laughs> yeah. You mean hell? Yeah, right, hell. 
Yeah, but I don't. I guess it's not their priority in that office. They don't care if it's more difficult for somebody on base to get an Uber or right. for the Uber driver to get their pass to go on base. Right. And, and I guess, you know, working in something that's not the private sector like that, you can be a little more yeah. more blunt with people. Good example, DMV, like you said. <laughs> Those people have no pleasantries whatsoever when you go up to them. The DMV, I feel like, has tried to be better than that, but, you know, with I would say with limited success. Nico, was uh, y- yesterday you were saying that it used to be fairly easy to get on base and that yeah. they've tightened it up a little bit. Like, you've got to have some... The, the whole point with the Uber driver is if they're dropping somebody off on base and they're told, oh, before you go in, you've got to get your base pass, they've got to have the passenger wait around with them mm-hmm. through the process. Well, if you've ever been a passenger on Uber or a cab or anything, you don't want to stick around right. after your ride's over and you've paid. You want to get to where you're going. And uh, we had a not just nice Tony, but a couple of callers who said that they were thinking about just not doing Uber, Uber on anymore. base anymore yeah. because it's not worth it. So, Which, I mean, who are they taking? Uh, probably soldiers back to their barracks. Uh, I guess it would have to be like if they if they were Ubering a visitor, and so the Uber driver is not a service member, and the passenger is not a service member. Do they even get in? Get in? Yeah, I don't think so. You were talking about Freedom Crossing. I know they have a movie theater over there, and it shows up like on your Mm -hmm. Fandango and stuff. The Grand is it called the Grand? Yeah, yeah. But I've never considered going to a movie there because it seems like oh, it could be kind of a hassle. It is a hassle now, but when it was just oh, show your ID and and go through. uh, I would go to Freedom Crossing just to eat. You know, they have a Buffalo Wild Wings. They've got uh, some stuff that you know. Is it that much more difficult as well a to get person this pass now? Yeah, on, I haven't gotten a base in a long time. I don't think you could. I think I don't think you'd like, be allowed just to on go base. over and. Vi- hey, I'm here to see a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got to have a really? Yeah, it's not open to civilians right now. I don't think just to to go visit on television tonight. Series premiere of Tokyo Vice on HBO Max. <sighs> Ansel Elgort plays an American journalist who takes a job as the first foreigner to work as a crime reporter for the Tokyo police. Ken Watanabe is the detective he works with. I read this book. This is actually one of my favorite books I've, I've, I've ever read, Tokyo Vice. It's about a guy who, who became a journalist in Japan. He literally went to, to school for something there, and then they have to take a huge national test to become a journalist and work for a newspaper. And he worked for... Uh, one of the the top newspapers in Japan as a, as a a white Jewish man named Adelstein, um, and that's the Ansel Elgort character. Yes, and so is that Baby Driver. Yeah, I get him confused with another actor with Miles Teller. Yep. Well, yeah. there are a few. There are a few of those actors. It's Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller, and then one other dude. That Ezra I, Miller, probably not Ezra Miller. <laughs> not anymore. Ezra Miller has distinguished himself. Okay, okay. So the cool thing about the, his story is that while reporting on crime, he reports on on yakuza activity, uh, and he 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 figures Japanese out this, mob. Well, Japanese mob tattooed from like 
all the way from the face down. Uh, yeah, from neck the neck down. down. So uh, he kind of uncovers a Yakuza American conspiracy. Uh, Wait, is this based on a true story? It's based all. It's completely a true story. It's all like his. So bo- the book is nonfiction. The book is nonfiction. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a true crime. It's a true crime nonfiction book. Uh, also on TV on streaming, Halo on Paramount Plus. Picard on Paramount Plus. Joanna, I need to, we need to get uh, each other's passwords for stuff. No, uh, yeah. I promised Joanna sure. your Apple Plus. Uh, <laughs> you was, promised her my Apple. Yeah, Plus. I promised her your Apple Plus for for her uh, Paramount Plus. If you get my Apple Plus, you better start watching binge uh, Severance so I you can get caught up with Severance because it's just been renewed for a second season, so it must be good. Uh, Paramount Plus also has Ghislaine, Partner in Crime, a four-part documentary about the Jeffrey Epstein trafficking accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell. Tonight's schedule also includes Walker, Station 19, and Law and Order at 7, Legacies, Grey's Anatomy, Law and Order SVU at 8, and Big Sky Bull and Law and Order Organized Crime at 9. I guess Thursday is just Law and Order night. Hell yeah, it is. Whatever network that is. NBC. Is it NBC? I believe so, yes. Joanna's going to have more on this later in the show. The Motion Picture Academy has moved up its meeting about Will Smith to tomorrow. It was going to be in a a couple of weeks, but they've fast-tracked it, I guess. It's kind of weird how it hasn't gone away. Like I, I feel like it's still in the news. I still see articles about it. The the thing, the, the yeah. slap, yeah. I've I've curated a bunch of jokes that I never got around to using. I feel like I ought to have like a like a going out of business sale <laughs> Will Smith jokes, <laughs> like a deep discount Will Smith joke. And because of all the trouble Flash star Ezra Miller has gotten into lately, Warner Brothers and DC are pausing future projects and public appearances that he had scheduled. Uh, what was the latest? It was in Hawaii, and Ezra Miller was... What's going... What do you Being think? Being Ezra Miller. Yeah, what's going on with that guy? He's know, just... There, there's some something about his behavior that something's causing him to act out and attack people and be obnoxious in public. Mm-hmm. Right. But it pops up, like, every so often... That like the last incident, you kind of forgot about it, and then this then, happens again, again and know. then you're like, oh right, you got to think, unhinged. you got to think it's a substance, for sure, right? It has to either do with drugs or alcohol, more or mental health. I mean, he could sure. be like a manic or depressive, it could, and it could be a combination. It of that could be stuff. his mental health, and it's triggered by substance abuse or alcohol. Yeah. yeah, but there's something definitely going along, going on with him. So they've kind of put the brakes on a lot of flash stuff. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Going to get to some neckline calls in a few minutes. Also, I've got this story on the way later this hour. El Paso police tased a 10-year-old girl on Sunday. Oh, no. Oh, my God. But they might have been right in doing it. Mm, Okay. Uh Let's not judge too quickly. Yeah. But unofficially, police say they believe this is the youngest person to have been tased uh, in El Paso. So I'll have more on that uh, coming up a little bit later. 
El Paso weather is actually this afternoon's not going to be all that windy. Five to ten mile an hour winds this afternoon, but it is I it still whistling outside out there? right now. Like the whole is. building has a whistle because the winds are so strong outside. Take your jacket if you're leaving oh, the yeah. house. Yeah, a windbreaker. Um, winds should uh, slack off by around. Nine ten o'clock this morning, and then this afternoon, actually about five mile an hour wind, seventy five for the high temperature, and otherwise a lot of sunshine in the forecast. We have some articles about strip clubs in El Paso <laughs> over at <laughs> klaq.com. We have several articles. It's like all three of us were on the same wavelength. Right, we all kind of <laughs> wrote a lot, uh, the same thing. Uh, the newest Starbucks in West El Paso is at the corner of Executive and I ten. And it's right there where Prince Machiavelli's used to be. For a long time, Prince Machiavelli's was the only strip club on the west side of mm-hmm. El Paso. And then they went out of business, but the building was still there for another, a number of years. So it was just a vacant building Very for interesting years. architecture. Yeah, it looks like a mm-hmm. castle, kind of. So I'm, not, I'm probably not the only dad who ever had to answer a question from their four-year-old daughter. Daddy, does a real princess live in that castle? <laughs> yes, she does. And also, there's a duchess and at least two Mercedes in there as well. God, I really wish they had kept that castle motif for the Starbucks. For the Starbucks? That would have been cool. No, it just looks like a regular Starbucks. Starbucks. But it's an odd location. You know what I mean? Uh, it's right off the highway. I guess so. Yeah, yeah you could probably... Get off the highway real quick and hit Starbucks. But uh, I wrote about that this is uh, one of my one of my favorite movies of the past twenty five years is Idiocracy by Mike Judge, the guy who did Office Space did a movie called Idiocracy. So the basic premise is a guy's in an experiment and he's in frozen suspended animation for 500 years and he wakes up, America has dumbed down to the point that he's the smartest man on the planet, even though he was picked for his averageness in all areas. So, he's the smartest guy and everything's uh, like, I, I can't repeat a lot of the jokes, but Fuddruckers over the 500 years has been changed. Has, has become <laughs> is one that stands out. The most popular TV show is Ow My Balls, where it's just a guy getting Get hit, hit. The balls over and over again. Also, and Starbucks is a place that offers gentlemen's lattes for $2,000. To completion. Full body lattes are 5000 <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. It's obvious that you know, it's a brothel. Starbucks has become a brothel, and I just thought it was like, oh, this is like a real idiocracy thing. This former strip club... Uh, Became, became a uh, a Starbucks. Starbucks. You really make love sure you that ask movie. for. You know, one thing hasn't changed. I'm still going to ask for extra foam when I go in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> do I They're love? Gross. Yes, I do. The I love idiocracy. Change the more things, things stay, stay the, the same. same. <laughs> Buzz loves it. He uh, he recommends it to people. You know, he'll actually, he got a physical comic, you got a physical copy for Joanna. And like they were $5 and I bought, I don't know, a dozen of them so I could just like, hey, I'm going to give you this movie. You don't have to return it, but watch it so you'll know what I'm talking about when I talk about it. It's required viewing if you're going to like hang out with Buzz and stuff. So (laughs) it's required viewing if you're going to be on the morning show. (laughs) So in putting this article up for you, I did two things. One, I had to go through, I went through the IMDb uh, and I was going through a bunch of the pictures I forgot. It kind of reminded me of scenes in it that I had forgotten about. Like one of the advertisements is like 
if you don't buy, um, oh gosh, I should have remembered this before. Rondo? But yeah, no, no, no. Uh, what is, so it's like a digital billboard, billboard, billboard. for Tarleton? Tarleton C- cigarettes. If you don't smart smoke Tarletons, you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I forgot how good that movie actually is. The second thing I had to do was I had to find a picture of Prince Machiavelli's. And so I was thinking, you know what? There probably might be one in our archive. Let's see if there is. And I did. I found one. Guess who took that picture? Kaplan. Cap- Steve Kaplan. Yeah. Why? <laughs> he had written an article yeah, back when one. they tore when they demolished the building. Okay. It was like El Paso bids farewell farewell <laughs> to-, to a West Side landmark, <laughs> Prince Machiavelli's. Felt like Steve had a personal connection. Do you know what that building was before it became a strip club? Okay, a bunch of people at a steak place. Yeah, it was called Iron Tender. Iron Tender, and it was a steak oh. place, and it had that faux castle front. Oh, that when it was a steakhouse too. They should have just kept it for the Starbucks. Right. That wasn't the strip club's idea. No, my. It, it was a strip club when I moved to El Paso 30 years ago. So it was already this, Prince Machiavelli. So Prince Machiavelli just latched onto this, the castle thing. Right. Yeah. All right, let's make sure. it a prince. <laughs> well, we can't use Prince Albert, so. <laughs> so we got a few other uh, articles here. Five worst businesses to turn a former strip club into. Nice. And then Joanna's got a thing about another former strip club that's now a church. So why don't we start with that one, Joanna? <laughs> the strip club that turned into a church. Did you ever know, I'm sure you have, the Lamplighter Lounge ah, on yes. Montana? The old Lamplighter. As a child, I would pass by that and be like, do they just sell lamps? lamps? Yeah. It's a lamp store. No, it was not. It was a gentleman's club, and it has now been turned into a church. The lamplighter is now a church. Yes, and unlike uh, did they, Prince Machiavelli, did they keep it named the lamplighter? Because that would be really great. Come to the light, <laughs> right? Because Jesus said, "I am a lamp unto the world to light the way to righteousness." Look and they could that. totally make they it. They could work. have just kept the name. Two drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what kind of church? I guess a Christian church. Okay. I can't really remember what it's called right now. I That's not the my... first time people have been on their knees in that Iglesia place. Iglesia Familia El Paso. All right. Hashtag Casa de Misericordia. Casa de Mi... Misericordia. What was, do you remember what the one in the, the strip club in the Lower Valley was called? They got shut down for like prostitution. Yeah, that we just talked about that. This was a real thing. The harem, the... Naked harem. The naked, naked harem. harem. That's, right. That's been shut down for a long time. Um, so that's a real funny trend El Paso is doing strip clubs. Starbucks is now a former strip, was a former strip club church. But unlike Prince Machiavelli, this church didn't like remodel it or anything. They kept it the looked, does it still have the poles? I'm not, I have never been inside, <laughs> so I don't know if the poles are still there. If but anything's going to get me into a church, it would be to see like what they've kept the same. They're going to have one Here priest on each pole, and he's going to be sermoning to whoever's Imagine, right there. Imagine like, the dad one day is like, let's go to a new church, honey, and he already knows the way. Oh, the lamplighter? Uh, no, I don't need directions. Yeah. So uh, Nico wrote this article, Five Worst Businesses to Turn a Former Strip Club into... 
Was church one of them? Church was one of them. Yeah, church was a terrible idea. <laughs> well, it happened. So, how about a Planned Parenthood? Who's that on the list? Okay. Oh my god, I, I need to see this article. I totally was going to go with that, but I couldn't because that was uh, that was in bad taste. I feel like church is on there. STD <laughs> clinic. <laughs> STD clinic. Jamaican chicken restaurant. Because who wants to eat jerk chicken where somebody choked it? And uh, daycare. Daycare. I'm sure that somewhere in this great country of ours, there's a strip club that has an adjacent daycare for all the dancers' kids. That's like opening I've, a fire I, stand. I'm almost 100% sure that must exist. That's like opening a firework stand where somebody committed arson. Okay? You don't want to open a daycare at a strip club. Although, you're right, Buzz. They probably need childcare anyways. <laughs> According to the movie Striptease, starring the wonderful Demi yeah. Moore. Oh, yeah. She just took her daughter backstage. And the, the, the other strippers would take care yeah. of her. That is probably something that has happened. <laughs> I, have, I feel I like have that's no an, doubt. Yeah. Jerk chicken. One of the strippers was telling me one time that they, they have a Christmas party where it's not open to customers, but you can bring your kids down and they have tinsel and everything and Are they all over the stage. Are they nude at all? No, I don't. I, they're not open, but it's like, no. and she was like, I can't believe some of these girls bring their kids into here for a Christmas party. Yeah, to the Red Parrot. <laughs> I didn't say which club it was. <laughs> All right. But there's a lot uh, about strip clubs. And you can visit the most uh, recent Starbucks, which is in the on the site, but not in the building that was oh, the former Prince Mackey. So just to let everybody know, these articles are posted right now. If you want to comment on our thoughts about uh, strip clubs being turned into Starbucks or other things, comment on the Facebook page and we might read out some of your comments here. That's a new thing I'm doing. Oh. I've been told to do. Here's a story that I would like to share with you and I guess it shouldn't be that surprising. A zoo is worried that some of their Teenage gorillas are spending too much time looking at cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the United this States. This is a parody. This is an onion headline. No, it's not. That's what I thought at first, too. Zookeepers at Chicago's Lincoln Park Zoo are concerned about Amare, a teenage gorilla who's obsessed with looking at visitors' phones through the glass. He sits by the glass. And guests show him pictures and videos, including selfies, TikToks, family videos, pet videos, and even footage of himself. So what's the problem? The zookeeper's worried that he's becoming antisocial and not interacting with the other gorillas. <laughs> oh, no. It's like the dad gorilla's going to be, I told you, when it's dinner time, the cell phones go away. No phones at the table. For example, last week, another teenage gorilla rushed at him in a show of aggression. Oh, and no. Amare, the cell phone-obsessed teenage gorilla, didn't, didn't, even didn't respond as a gorilla should. He didn't even notice. They're concerned that his fascination with phones may make him a target of bullying by other gorillas. I'm going to suggest now it's just a matter of time until the other teenage gorillas are also all sitting around yeah. looking at visitors' phones. Then he'll be the cool one. Zoo officials in Chicago at the Lincoln uh, Park Zoo have installed a rope to keep visitors and their phones a few feet further away from the glass. 
and they hope this will help limit the teenage gorilla's screen time so that he plays and interacts with the other gorillas. You know, they say successful parenting, you need to limit your kid's screen time. Or your monkeys. <laughs> but how cool is it that Chicago named a zoo after the band Lincoln Park, huh? No. You're not gonna not gonna go for that one, huh? Just gonna let it lay there like that. That's fine. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about the ten-year-old girl who was tased by uh, El Paso police. This happened in the home in the girl's home. Please, but when you hear the story, I'm just gonna say there's there's an argument that could be made that this was the right move okay. by police to tase. Uh, a 13-year-old girl. I thought you said 10. A 10-year-old yep. girl. I don't know where I got 13 from. 10-year-old girl. And they do say that as far as they know, unofficially, this is the youngest person who's ever been tased by police in El Paso. We've got the Masters starting today from Augusta National. The first, of, oh my God. the first of the year's four major tournaments on the PGA Tour. And the last... I'm going to be checking this all day long. But as of... As of Tuesday, Tiger Woods said that he is intending to play. Okay, can I ask you some other questions about this? Yeah. Is Phil Mickelson playing? I don't know if Phil's, you know, I don't know about that. Is Rory McClory playing? Rory McIlroy is. I don't know about Rory McClory, but Rory McIlroy is definitely playing. Is Tony Fa? Tony Finau. Okay. I, I, yeah, I would assume Tony Finau probably That's got what in this year. For. That's the only one you know. Yeah. That's what I'm rooting for. Who else? You know, the top... VJ Singh? No, VJ's on the been on the Champions okay. Tour for like 10 years. He's like 60 How many now. times a year does the Masters happen? One time a year. Why does it feel, feel like, like we just had yeah. of the Masters? Yeah. Feels like there's 10 of them a year. Yeah. No. Our buzz just doesn't stop talking about Once them. Once a year. Yeah, there's other golf tournaments he brings I up. I think you just confuse any golf tournament. So if I was talking about any golf tournament, the Masters. You just lump them all but in together. But the Masters, the Masters is very... Very special. Joanna, did you know the... Very special tournament, guys. Well, what, what makes it the most special? Is Augusta the best course in the... Augusta is a fantastic course. It's legendary. It's, you know, you get a green jacket. You don't get that at the other mm -hmm. tournaments. You get this cool-ass nice green jacket. All they win is that green jacket. No, you get, like, millions well, of dollars million, if you win The green well. jacket is the big trophy that you get to show off every year and stuff. And you're... Was it made out of panda? You're a master's winner. <laughs> yeah. Why would it be made out of panda? I don't know. It better be freaking well, special. Eh, it's it's a, it looks like a suit jacket. I bet it's a nice I've linen. I've seen what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you guys just don't appreciate how special um, the I Masters have, wait, tournament I have is. Question. I'll come back to you. You don't. You don't remember the question. I can't remember hmm. the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos at Dyer and Monroe. Check them out on social media or visit PumpingInkTattoo.com. Some very high winds overnight and the wind was still howling, uh, at least where we are uh, this morning. Believe it or not, the forecast says this afternoon is going to be very calm. Well, like I, a five mile an hour wind, so next to nothing and... But it's still blowing out there pretty hard. I just went out right now, and it's still blowing pretty hard. It's kind of calming down with the sun coming up, so I, yeah. I bet that's why it's it'll super, calm down later. Super windy. 
I would not be surprised if there aren't some branches down. At I mean, your place? No, nah, just around town. I didn't see any at my place. We don't get the worst of the wind, you know, because it's kind of in a valley. Right. I mean, it can get windy, but I feel like whenever it's windy on the in mountain, the valley. Yeah, on the mountain. I used oh. to live up on the mountain. It would get a lot, a lot windier up there. Uh, but otherwise, sunny today, 75 for the high. This afternoon actually is going to turn out to be maybe the calmest as far as the winds go for the rest of the week. Hmm. And then uh, high winds are coming back into the forecast Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is kind of what we're looking at. So I uh, teased this story uh, about a 10-year-old girl who was tased by police. Um, and here's, uh, here's the story. El Paso police officer used a taser to stun a 10-year-old girl who was threatening suicide and was armed with a handsaw. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad when you get mm-hmm. to the details about it. The uh, confrontation happened Sunday night in the northeast part of El Paso. And according to a spokesman for El Paso PD, Sergeant Enrique Carrillo said the actions were meant to save her from herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrillo acknowledged that the officer and the police could face scrutiny about mm-hmm. using a taser on such a young child, but the girl is an unofficially believed to be the youngest person shocked with an electric stun gun by police in El Paso. It sounds like it was for a good reason. They were called out, and I guess uh, her parents couldn't uh, contain what was going on. Uh, The officer chased the girl until she turned around with a handsaw, and at that point the taser was uh, deployed. So it's a pretty sad story. It's very sad, and you may... You may think it's shocking that somebody such at such a young age would be suicidal, but I've got to tell you that it's a lot more common uh, than you think it would be. Really? It's something that we probably should be more concerned about. Coming up this Saturday from 2 to 4, come say hi to Glenn Garza, Dubba G, and find your next tattoo at the Star City Tattoo and Arts Fest. It's this weekend at the El Paso County Coliseum, so that's the big haps this weekend at the Coliseum. Play games for chances to win free rock, latest CDs from Ghost, Corn, Ice Nine Kills, and Asking Alexandria, all courtesy of The Q. Meet up with Double G, Glenn Garza, and that is the Star City Tattoo and Arts Festival. Glenn's going to be there Saturday from 2 to 4 at the County Coliseum. You had a story um, that touches on very... Controversial, oftentimes yeah, absolutely. To- topic of race. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you share that with us? A very controversial topic uh, about interracial marriage uh, was brought up in a New York Post article or op-ed, I should say, piece written by um, Ralph Richard Banks, and the title of the op-ed is "Why More Black Women Should Consider Marrying White Men." Who is uh, Mr. Banks? Ralph Richard Banks is the Jackson Eli Reynolds Professor of Law at Stanford Law School. He's also the co-founder and faculty director of the Stanford Center for Racial Justice. Banks is also a black man. Uh, but, All right, that's some important context, I feel like. So why, why does he feel this way? Well, uh, he, he goes on to say two of the most powerful positions of the United States government will soon be held for the first time by black women, Kamala Harris and Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Harris, as we all know, is the vice president, and Brown Jackson could soon become the Supreme Court justice. Will. And will. Will. But Harris and Brown Jackson also share a personal attribute that is equally noteworthy. Each has a white husband. This fact is significant. 
But he doesn't really explain why that is significant in those marriages in particular. Wait, is he implying that they reached where they did in their careers because they married white men? Because that seems pretty offensive. Uh, yes. Essentially, he's saying uh, he's saying that rather than uh, partners with men of other races, many heterosexual black women either don't marry or marry black men with whom they are not especially well-matched. And these mismatched relationships contribute to African-Americans having the highest divorce rate of any racial group. In fact, black women are the only demographic to have a higher divorce rate than the marriage rate. This sounds like a very, very touchy position for anybody to take. Uh, you would think so, right? But he's actually the founder of a, a center completely dedicated to racial justice. I would just say, in general, I'm in favor of interracial matches where you know the people are in love and want to have and a family. Compatible and, with and each other. He goes on to say, with each other, I'm all for it. You know why? Because enough of that happens. Eventually. We won't be different colors. We'll, we'll kind of all just be one the, melange. Yeah, like a once we're all kind of Halle Berry colored, oh everybody will get along a lot better. Right. I think that, but you know what? <laughs> if we go thousand years in the future and everybody's like skin color, it'll be something else. What if we're all blue? <laughs> well, you're you're describing the exact episode of of South Park where the goobacks. Remember the goobacks? No. From the future that just now there were a few seasons that I really didn't watch South Park. So what was that episode about? Uh, it's about people in the future. There's too many people, so they have to go to the past to get jobs. Oh uh, yeah, now I remember that episode. And what was the deal? They were all like some kind of one, multi-ethnical. Well, they all were one color. Well, they're all bald, and they they spoke a weird gibberish type of language. So that's why you're you're in favor of. Don't you think like if if overnight everybody was like was colorblind or everybody was the same color, they'd find they you'd find something else to discriminate against people on, right? Uh, probably, right? Well, I just thought this was a very interesting article from a, a black man who's saying black women should marry more white men. How's that not a slap in the face to black men as a as a demographic? Right. Uh, so Banks also talked about a book he wrote entitled Is Marriage for White People? For a so-called racial justice advocate, he sure does seem to be obsessed with white partner superiority. He explained... Wait, who's, who's that comment from? Uh, this is from the... Uh, okay, I, was, I didn't know if you were expressing your own commentary on that. or No, no, this is article. from the article. Okay. Uh, Banks explained in the book why black women should not be pressured to sacrifice their own chances for happiness out of some misplaced loyalty to black men. Nor should black women feel beholden to black men under the guise of advancing the race. If the price of racial solidarity, solidarity is a bad, intimate relationship, then the cost is too high. Black women should not be held hostage to the struggles of black men. Wow, this is very... Kind of explosive. Kind of explosive, yeah. I will tell you this, you know... Should we give him any more credence or like, should we put any more stock into his opinion because... Because he's a founder of... And he's a black man. And a a law professor. And a black man. No, I I mean, it comes across as as pretty offensive. It does, yeah. You know, you're kind of generalizing about all black men and that, you know... Well, does the fact that it's on the New York Post have any... Well, the Post ain't the Times. (laughs) 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 I can tell you that. The Post is kind of a tabloid. 
Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could kind of say that. I can tell you this: like when it comes to interracial marriage, has not been a crime in the United States. Well, it depends on the state, but you know, basically, used to be a crime, and it hasn't been for decades. And I think there's this idea of some people might have that white parents would be very upset if their if their child was in an interracial relationship, and then black know. people would be happy. No, 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 no. As someone who's been in interracial relationships, the the black family is just as much likely as the white family to object to the relationship. Oh yeah, that happened to you, kind of, right? That's hap- Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, that know, happens to lots of people. I think when you're in your own bubble, you're thinking, "Oh yeah, white people would get upset if their son or daughter was dating a uh, a black person." No, nah, black people all a lot of especially the older generation are not going to be happy about their black or son or daughter dating it happens with every type of family right yeah it happens across yeah across the board they're certainly not excited about it in my experience i can tell you that i here's the neckline number and i'm going to take a couple of calls off the neckline the number to call and leave a message for the morning show is 844-805-NECK 844-805-6325 and uh, let's find out what we never know what we have it's like Christmas morning. You don't know until you come downstairs and open the presents. Good morning, morning show. I just wanted to call and chime in that there is going to be an extension for the taxes because I looked it up, and Texas is one of the states that are going to uh, extend. I believe if you Google it, it's due to some uh, severe storms. But anyway, I think it's June is the is the, the time frame. Anyway, have a great day. Bye. You know, I, I looked it up yesterday and said that it's April 18th, which is only because April 15th falls on a Friday. I thought last year with the freeze and everything was when they delayed. They said, all right, if you're Texas, because we went through this freeze and people lost, they would postponed it. And then the mm-hmm. year before that, it had been postponed, I thought, for everybody. Mm-hmm. I guess I need to check that out again. Are we still sure we have? Good morning, morning show. I pre- previously left a message that they were going to extend the deadline, but I was incorrect. Sorry about that. <laughs> but they, if you ask for extension, they can extend it all the way to October. Have a great day. <laughs> okay, that was great. Thank you. For all right, following thank you. I appreciate that because a lot of people, when they realize they're wrong, they're just like, "Whoops!" and don't say anything. Right. The caller called back to clarify they get, they probably got the year wrong. Right. So April 18th, yeah, if you file for an extension, that's usually something that is easy to do, and you get an extension. Or if you have an accountant who's going to do it. Do you know how to do taxes? I'm not even sure I still have to pay them. You do. Do we? Does anybody really? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, you got to pay tax. Why would you think you don't have to pay tax? I don't know. The pandemic just feels like the world. <laughs> Ukraine. Can I just say Ukraine? So much going on. Ukraine happened. I'm sorry. You know, the, the whole pandemic, we're still thrown off for Global that. warming? I mean, surely you've been paying taxes when you go out and do a comedy gig and you get paid. You know, uh, can, Uncle Sam's going to get to tell you the, Do you want me to really tell you? So f- there are, if I'm working for a company where the, the, they needed my I-9, then yes. Like, I, I work for certain companies that were booking me at casinos or something where... They need your I-9? Yeah. And, and are you saying everything else is kind of off the books? Yeah, absolutely. Cash? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, most, most definitely. 
I've known people in my life who mostly work on a, a cash payment basis and strippers. Strippers. I was just about, about to. But a lot of them Mercedes, eventually decide Duchess. that they're going to file because they want to get a lo- if you want to get a loan or you want to get a mortgage or anything like that. Like, so, Why haven't you? <laughs> but up until that point, you could totally. I mean, it would be illegal, and I certainly don't recommend it, but there are a lot of people who work on you know, a cash basis who only report that stuff when they want to establish a line of credit. Look, sometimes it's just a convenience thing. Uh, oh, in terms of you mean it's more convenient not to pay taxes? No, 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 than no. To what, pay taxes? I, what I'm saying, what, <laughs> I agree, but you're still not supposed to do that. No, no, no. What I was saying was it's more convenient for a promoter to like th- they may not have an invoicing system or whatever, and they they'll just pay you in cash. So it's just more convenient to pay out that way. Yeah, but you know you're supposed to. No, I'm not talking about the taxes. What I'm talking about is the promoter not having an official system to to like write you a check. They might not even have a checkbook. Man, that sounds All kind of shady. Right. Yeah, what kind of gigs do you think I'm doing? <laughs> have you ever? Have you ever? Yeah. Do you think I was a respectable? Have comic? you ever filed a W two before? I filed a W four. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's a service for people in your age category. W six, maybe. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Doing the news this week. Here is Nico and Jimmy. Hello. Uh, first up in news, um, I have a text message from my mom. She says, Nico, stop putting all this stuff out there about your taxes. <laughs> Go on. And then? Stop making yourself looking so ignorant. You reap what you put out. <laughs> so she's not going to be doing her taxes. So you're year. not going to be doing that. <laughs> I guess she wasn't too happy with that bit, Buzz. All right. All right. All Russian troops have left their Ukrainian cities. Of you know, I told my mom <laughs> decades ago, just don't listen. You're not going to like it. I tell my mom every oh, day. Don't, just don't listen. Just don't Why listen. put yourself through it? Yeah. And then she doesn't know when our, when, when the things are bits. And <laughs> when, when, Yeah. She's like, I can't believe you, you and Buzz were talk, like, being serious about this. I'm like, we're, we're not I being serious. I tell my mom the exact opposite. What do you, you tell her? You better be listening. Oh, yeah. Does she because listen every then day? She'll be, no, she doesn't. Because she's all, that's too early. And then later I get home and she's like, how was the show? And I'm all, well, if you had listened, listen. you wouldn't know. So you actually want your mother yes. to listen, listen to, to what this. you do for a living? Yes. Ugh. Okay. Because then she asks me, well, how was the show? What did you guys talk about? I don't know, Mom. It was a four-hour show. I, I don't, don't want to repeat it all to you. Exactly. To be fair, Joanna and her mom, they party together, so... We wouldn't like we never do that. Yeah, mom doesn't party all the time. Her mom like has one night out every <laughs> no. six months or something. You okay, get the idea. Oh, is that not whatever the case? you think? Yeah, her mom is wild, man. <laughs> I don't know that her mom is wild. No. Nice lady. She's a very nice, very lady. motherly. <laughs> all Russian She's got better things to do than listen to this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> all right, let's get into the news. All Russian troops have left the Ukrainian cities of Kiev and Chernihiv, withdrawing north toward the border of Belarus and Russia to consolidate before likely redeploying to the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine, according to U.S. defense officials. While the U.S. hasn't been hasn't yet seen these troops redeployed elsewhere in Ukraine, it's likely happening soon, according to the official. Ukrainian forces are preparing for a major fight in Donbass. And the U.S. is targeting Putin's adult daughters in new rounds of sanctions. 
Katerina and Vladimirnova Tikhanova and Maria Vladimirnova Vorostova are <laughs> included in the latest rounds of sanctions on Russia the U.S. just announced on Wednesday. President Joe Biden hailed the new sanctions, which came after horrifying images from the liberated city of Bucha, Ukraine, showing the alleged war crimes by Russian forces. The sanctions say Katerina is a tech executive who works, whose work supports Russian government and defense industries. Maria is said to lead government-funded programs that have re- received billions for genetic research and are personally overseen by Putin. Sanctions announced yesterday also include the wife and daughter of Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. The new round of sanctions include a ban on all new investments in Russia, increased sanctions on two major financial institutions in Russia, Surbank and Alpha Bank, as well as on major Russian state-owned enterprises. So I looked it up. Putin has one daughter who's pretty hot, and then the other daughter, I assume, has a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got like one pretty hot, right? Don't you agree? Very pretty. All propaganda pretty. aside, the Very- one daughter's pretty hot. <laughs> and the other one, you know, probably real popular uh, for her personality, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all propaganda Ugh. aside. Yeah. I know it would be. Like, you don't want to say anything nice about the Russians, but one of his daughters is pretty easy on the eyes. Do you think one of them looks like him? Yeah, the one that's uh, not the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Like the one who didn't get the most Vlad jeans is the hot one. Okay. I don't know how to to recover from that. That's just a statement of fact. You don't have to recover from it or respond to it. I'm just telling you one of Putin's daughters is pretty good looking. Here, okay. Since Putin launched his invasion in Ukraine in late February, the U.S. has sanctioned more than 140 oligarchs and their families and more than 400 Russian government officials and has now fully blocked more than two-thirds of the Russian banking sector, which held about $1.4 trillion in assets before the war. All right. President Joe Biden on Wednesday announced another extension of the pause in federal student loan payments, this time until August 31st. This is the sixth delay extension to the program. If loan payments were to resume on schedule in May, analysis of recent data from the Federal Reserve suggests that millions of student loan borrowers would face significant economic hardship and delinquencies and defaults that could threaten Americans' financial stability. Congressional Democrats have pressured Biden to either extend the pause or cancel student loan debt altogether. And the new extended freeze until August will end right before the midterm elections in November, ensuring that student loan debt will will be raised in races around the country. President Biden pledged to approve $10,000 in student loan forgiveness for every federal borrower during his campaign, but he has yet to do so. And no charges for the uh, no charges will be filed in the fatal police shooting of Amir Locke. Hennepin County Attorney County Attorney Michael Freeman and Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison announced Wednesday. Locke was fatally shot by Minneapolis police officers in February as officers were executing a no-knock search warrant on the apartment he was in. He's the one who was like asleep on the couch and he woke up and reached for a handgun when he heard the door being knocked in and, and got shot, right? Mm-hmm. Locke, a legal gun owner, had been sleeping under a blanket on the couch. Body camera footage shows a gun in his hand when he begins to sit up as police approach him. 
Isn't the NRA supposed to stick up for people who are lawful handgun, you know, lawful gun owners? You have to be white, though. I think. Is, is that how? Yeah. Is it written down, or I'm pretty sure. Just go by assumption. I, I assume. Okay. Yeah. Locke was not a suspect in the crime for which his, the warrant was issued and was not named in the document. However, the attorney's office stated that after a review of the case, there wasn't enough evidence to file criminal charges. The legal team representing Locke's family said it was deeply disappointed by the decision. Attorney General Merrick Garland tested positive for COVID-19 Wednesday afternoon, the Department of Justice recently said. Garland, who is vaccinated and boosted, doesn't have any symptoms. But the news comes hours after Garland participated in a press conference alongside multiple other top law enforcement officials, including FBI Director Christopher Wray. A coach called uh, Coach Joe Kennedy's personal act of prayer after Bermonton High School football games is now a major test of the First Amendment, as well as the separation of church and state to the U.S. Supreme Court. He is asking the justices to affirm the right of public school employees to pray aloud while on the job, even when within view of the students they coach or teach. The First Amendment protects free speech and free exercise of religion, but it also prohibits the establishment of religion by the government. The Supreme Court has long said that public school-sponsored prayer viola- violates the Establishment Clause, even if the prayer is voluntary. The case will be argued April 25th and decided by the end of June. Did you have to pray in school in Oklahoma? There were definitely, like, convocations or prayer, you know, from time to time. And our coach, our football coach, <laughs> this is, maybe this is entertaining, we would always, you know, huddle around before a game and pray. And he would pray, you know, nobody gets hurt. Uh-huh. And he told us one time, Coach Rhodes said, you know, I never pray that we win the game because probably the team on the other side is praying that they win the game and I don't want to put God in a tough spot. <laughs> and I was like, Aww. well, wait a second. You're telling me they're praying to win and we're not praying to win? Buzz is like, you can do that? What? Them. <laughs> no, what? we're gonna lose. Yeah, my coach was like, pray for "We it. have to pray." I mean, what you're saying is logical, coach, but still, them—they're praying. They're praying to Almighty God. They're gonna win, and we're not gonna do it. What kind of coach are you? Maybe God will be like, "That is the much nicer thing to do." Maybe. <laughs> but we did have we did have a prayer that everybody you know nobody get an injury and okay. You know, and did he end it with "Let's kick some ass"? No, I don't. I don't recall. I just quit listening when he said we weren't going to ask to win. What's the point of God if you're not going to ask him to win for you? <laughs> Jesus, you never seen an Academy Awards or any post Super Bowl interview, Coach? It's great getting a look really into your religious upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of the puzzle. Texas is planning to send any illegal immigrants captured at the border to Washington D.C. by the busload. Governor Greg Abbott told reporters in the Rio Grande Valley at a press conference the move is needed so politicians realize it's a bad idea for the Biden administration to end Title 42 deportations. It's a similar move done by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Wait, isn't this like the definition of catch and release, of catching illegal immigrants and then just releasing them into the interior of the United States? And a charter bus? Is there even anybody in law enforcement on the bus to make sure they get to where you Mm -hmm. expect them to go? It seems like the first stop for gas going to be somewhere else people can get off and they're never going to make what is the governor doing here Unless is he gonna how's he gonna make buses? sure that the people no because they're charter buses unless he's going to have somebody up at the front with a 12 gauge to make sure nobody gets off the bus 
this seems real stunty to me. Uh, and it seems like probably something and there's going to be an injunction against. It's illegal. Against. Yeah, there's it's probably absolutely illegal. illegal. Well, it's a similar... You know, Go on. Abbott himself is not really like a super right-wing guy. He takes these positions just because it's expedient. And you, a lot of his primary challenges were people running against him, to like the right. Don Huffines, were running to the right of him, saying oh, that's interesting. he's a rhino, he's soft on this, he's soft on that. This is Abbott you know, trying to get this tough guy image or this pro-Trump image, and it's very stunty, and I imagine they'll probably within... 24, 48 hours, there'll be some kind of legal injunction oh, against what he's doing, but he'll be able to go on. I tried. Most to of his send thoughts. All the illegals to Washington, D.C. I thought were pretty conservative. but Yeah, but mainstream conservative, like pre Trump conservative. He's really playing to the right because that's where a lot of his challenge in his own party is coming from. Anyway, you know, we're going to take illegal immigrants from the Mexico border and ship them to Washington, D.C. because that helps. How? Other than to it's make going a to show the and politicians, he knows, he knows they're going to shut it down within a few hours. Oh, he's got to. He's making this. a statement. He's making a statement. So. It's a stunt. Yeah, it is a stunt. It's a half-ass stunt. All right. Uh, in a similar move done by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who announced last year he was sending anyone captured at the border to President Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just send him to Delaware then. To help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of legal immigrants. Can we send our Texans who don't want to get vaccinated to Florida? <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, if everybody's going to be pulling wacky stunts, why don't we you know, get in on it? To help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration, Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants who have been dropped off. By the, okay, I said this twice. <laughs> the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. Uh, Governor Abbott said he also had some other things in the works. Republican candidates are shying away from the debate stage as the midterm elections approach. Over a half dozen GOP candidates in crucial state and federal races have either skipped out on or not committed to primary debates. Examples include Joe Lombardo, a gubernatorial candidate in Nevada, and Nebraska's Jim Pillen, another gubernatorial candidate. Richard Davis, the president of the State Debate Coalition and co-founder of the Utah Debate Commission, said Republican candidates are becoming more empowered to refuse traditional debates. Republicans believe they can be they can set the ground rules and say that organizations that run debates are biased. There are severe power outages across Puerto Rico after a critical fault at a power station. Tracking site poweroutage.us reports there are also fires at two substations and at one point power was knocked out to the entire island. Puerto Rico's Electric Energy Authority reports it is starting to bring back service services as available, a process that will continue overnight. The problem starts with a crumbling power grid that has seen several minor power outages recently. Ohio Republicans uh, introduced a House bill on Monday prohibiting divisive or inherently racist curriculum and banning instruction that includes sexual orientation and gender identity. The proposal is now facing backlash from the local LGBTQ advocates. The bill states that curriculum or instructional materials on sexual orientation or gender identity would be banned in classrooms starting from kindergarten through the third grade. In grades 4 through 12, such instruction would be banned if presented in any manner that is not age-appropriate. 
It's unclear how age-appropriate or developmentally appropriateness is defined and applied. Uh, more than 225 bills that target LGBTQ content or identities have been filed in the first three months of 2022. 225 bills in the first three months of 2022. Here is the education president, the Ohio education president, describing uh, the measures being taken by the legislature. A federal court judge yesterday found a former government contractor from New Mexico not guilty in the first acquittal of a defendant in the attack on the U.S. Capitol. During a two-day bench trial in Washington, Matthew Martin admitted going into the Capitol on January 6th last year, along with hundreds of other supporters of then-President Donald Trump. Martin claimed he didn't break the law because, he said, two Capitol police officers waved him in. Judge Trevor McFadden said he found it plausible that Martin believed police had let him in and therefore didn't knowingly go into the building illegally. The judge noted that video shows police not stopping people from walking into the Capitol building. Well, not stopping people is different from waving somebody in, though. Were they waving people in, or was it just, well, I saw somebody waving and assumed they were... Well, he said he believed that they waved him in, but the judge said that, well... It's plausible that you thought that happened. Well, he also believed the election was still <laughs> <laughs> Right. I guess so. What do you think? That's, that, is that a signal for the other uh, acquittals and the other cases, too? Yeah, I think a lot of these people are saying, hey, it looked like uh, they were just letting people in, so I went in. So maybe it was pointless to arrest any of them. There's, uh, you know, the the guy who I guess is still one of the county commissioner's in Alamogordo in Otero County, uh, said, oh, I, you know, they were letting people in. It's not like I climbed over a barricade, but there are photos of him literally climbing on a barricade, like using a barricade as a ladder to get into the Capitol. <laughs> so it's pretty hard to take that claim at face value. You, you were literally using one of the barricades laid on its side as a ladder, as a ladder to get into the Capitol. So. Yeah. Uh, American singles are having a tougher time dating than the pre-pandemic, according to a new survey from the Pew Research Center, which found seven out of ten American singles say their dating lives are not going well. Well, I'm single, and I can tell you my dating life is not looking so great. You are single? Yeah. I'm not married. My girlfriend is very much against dating. (laughs) Really put a crimp in it. You really want to say that? (laughs) On air? Remember to put up that picture. What are the instructions she gave you? Uh, I have to have a picture of us as a couple prominently no, no, displayed no. in my work. How did she say it to you? I, I don't want to. Okay. Dude, I don't want to cause... Pre- just do your story, okay. man. we got to wrap up here You're soon. the one who started it. <laughs> we got to wrap I up. I told, we put this picture of us together as a couple. Make <laughs> sure it's in your workspace so anybody in the studio can see it. So Okay. Well, a new <laughs> survey from Pew Research found 7 out of 10 American singles say their dating lives are not going well. The data also showed that 63% of those who are single and looking say dating got much more difficult during the coronavirus pandemic. Here's an interesting shift in thinking. Most say that making significantly more money or less money isn't a roadblock to a serious relationship these days. This comes about as 32% of Americans who are on active uh, dating on or active on the dating market are looking for a committed relationship, and 16% are just looking for a more casual si- situation. And lastly, the legendary El Paso headstand is coming to a close, according to the owners. Here's a report from Channel 9. And bongs. <laughs> the one on Dyer, is that what we're talking mm-hmm. about? The one on God, Dyer. I had no idea that thing was still open. Oh, yeah. It had been going strong all this time. Classic. 
And I didn't know that you could get all that that rock stuff there. Did you know? Yeah, that? they got all kinds of rock <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, it's mostly bongs. That's what I thought it was all, <laughs> only for. It's heavily bongs. I mean, uh, decorative planting vases. Water or, pipes. Yeah, whatever. Well, um, I guess we still got cool arrows, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they still there. open? Yeah, I think they're, they are. They're still open. With the news, Nico. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Coming up Saturday, Joanna's going to be out, and she is going to have Harlem Globetrotters tickets to give away. This Saturday, 11 to 1 at Wright Drive's new location, which is 9315 Montana. Joanna's going to be there 11 to 1 Saturday. Tickets to the Globetrotters are coming to the Don Haskins Center Saturday the 16th. And uh, this is a brand new location. Tax season is auto buying season, so they are holding a loan event at the newest location of Wright Drive at 9315 Montana. They're going to have one source goodies, food from Sunland Park Barbecue, and Joanna is going to have tickets to see the world famous Harlem Globetrotters Saturday, the 16th at the Don Haskins Center. Have either one of you ever seen the Globetrotters? No. Uh, you know, I must. I've seen the the, the clips and the the trick shots. Yeah, but you've never been not to seen a game. That episode the of the Goldbergs. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as we've gone. I didn't see that one of the Goldbergs. Did they get some like old retro '80s globetrotters to so. show up? Yeah, I think so. Well, I always thought Meadowlark and that that cast. That's the classic. That's lineup. the real globetrotters. Oh, but the globetrotters have been around. Almost a hundred years. Where did they recruit from? A hundred years. Oh yeah, the Globetrotters. Hundred years. Mm-hmm. I mean, nineteen twenties. No, probably the thirties though. I think the Globetrotters were probably. They might have actually gotten started in the twenties. Hmm. And where do where do they recruit their players from? Well, now I mean, not. I'm sure originally, originally they're from Harlem. Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, maybe not original, but one of the old timey. Uh, Globetrotters was a guy named Marcus Haynes that I guess when my dad was a freshman and he only did one year of college, but when he was in college, Marcus Haynes did a demonstration where they had like five guys and they were trying to steal the ball away from Marcus Haynes and he was like a phantom. Like they just couldn't. Yeah. Five guys couldn't touch him. No. That's that's cool. Uh, so the Globetrotters have been around for a long, long time, but I think, yeah, the height of their popularity was probably like the 70s, mm-hmm. possibly 80s, and that was Metalark, Curly Neal, Goose Tatum. You know, I mean, that was back in the days when you knew like the individual globe. But they also had a, their own Saturday morning cartoon. At yeah, one point. to get Hanna Barbera to animate you, you must have had to be pretty popular. They had their own where it was like the Globetrotters, but then they would transform into superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had some pretty memorable appearances on Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo Mysteries as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knew the Harlem Globetrotters? Also great at figuring out mysteries. Really good at spinning a ball on their finger, I can tell you that. Most of these guys had either, you know major college experiences. Some of them probably played the pros as well. Yeah, but those trick shots that they do, is that something you just practiced or that's practiced? Or would you pick it up being a college You pick pl- it up. Okay. Probably. I mean... People had different signature moves. Somebody, you know, would make half-court shots from, you right. know, like hook shots from half-court. But everybody, if you play enough basketball, and, the, and if you get to the collegiate or the pro level, you 
you're definitely so good at it that you can do some amazing things. It also helps that the other team is playing the part of losing. Lo- the losing guys. <laughs> Who are they? The, the Sentinel? No, the troopers or the generals? The generals. The generals. Washington generals. Washington generals. Would get drubbed by the Globetrotters. Like there'd be, you know, maybe five or ten minutes there where they actually played basketball and the generals could score. But then there were other things where it's like they go over and get like a bucket full of confetti <laughs> and throw it on them. And it's like, well, that's not legal. Yeah, that's a... Or they bring a ladder onto the court. It's like, how did the ref miss that one? (laughs) (laughs) But it's good, wholesome, Wholesome. family fun. I would like to get a hold of some tickets and take my daughter. Oh, cool. Will she be down? That's one of the things I cannot think of. There was a period where we really got into minor basketball, and I would frequently take her to games, and she was just so into it, and it's just such a fond... I'm getting a little (laughs) misty-eyed. Because people, you know, she would be like, like anytime the the ref would make a call and the the rest of the fans would start... She'd be like, come on, open your eyes! And all the people around, I'd see them nudging each other because there's like this little girl really getting into it. this little girl? (laughs) She was the best. (laughs) Uh, so that's Joanna at oh, the right. right drive location. <laughs> Joanna, I uh-huh. I will go visit you on Saturday. Okay. I I like the remotes. Snag, uh, they got extra tickets. Snag a few of those tickets. <laughs> so go out and see the globe yeah, treasures sure. this weekend. <laughs> you want to get a few neckline calls? Yeah. Let's do it. Yesterday we were talking about, I don't know how we got started talking about, oh, it was the uh, Am I the A-hole and it had to do with with people sending D pics, oh, right. like nudes. unsolicited nudes, right? And stuff. So just to recap, in the MIA hole, a eighteen-year-old uh, girl said that she was being bullied and being sent uh, uh, inappropriate photos by three guys, and she found their mothers on Facebook and, and then, showed them and pictures. showed them and described what they were doing. And I just said the idea of sending nudes mm-hmm. seems to be so normalized that it's almost controversial. I feel like when I say, you know what. No, you shouldn't send nudes. You know, actually, since then, I've, I've, I've had thoughts about this. What about long-distance relationships? How would you ever have a long-distance relationship? Uh, communicate? Talk? You no. can video chat? Oh, but what, Okay, would you even dirty talk? No, not me. Not Buzz. Not Buzz. Because why did you say that you wouldn't do that? I would just be mortified if that ever came, you know, to light. I don't know. Like somebody was recording. Secretly recording you. Just that it's out there in general. Like I've been encouraged to do it before. And it's just like, <laughs> honestly, I can't. <laughs> I just, it's weird and awkward. And it's, I guess, if you're you grew up in the digital age, you're much more <laughs> accepting of that sort of stuff. I think if you grew up, picture where they're like, so what are you wearing? And Buzz is like, well, you know, uh, I got a T-shirt on, and uh, <laughs> my unhappy face. I'm wearing my SpongeBob jammies right now. Yeah, I just could never. <laughs> Hi, this is for Buzz about the nudity pictures. Buzz, bro, there is a market. It's called pornography. It's been around since you know, I don't know. Hookers have been around. First established trade that we can actually document, and then also, bro. You can't use your logic for everyone. And also, by the way, the a-hole part, she is not the a-hole. We need to stand up for ourselves. That's what they teach us. Bye, y'all. Have a great day. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That guy sounded uh, happy. I appreciate yeah. the uh, the upbeat. Mm-hmm. Very so upbeat. Nice. So I have a story for you all. Quick 
and sweet um, in regards to the Polaroids. My grandmother used to, I mean, of course, always take photos of the fam family. So she went to go um, get her photos at Walgreens, right? Well, we went home and I was all excited because I was in some of the photos and we got the wrong photos. They were actually nudes. So yeah, they did do it before. Wait, who's nudes? <laughs> you guys have a great morning. Bye. Oh my God. So I think they got somebody go else's yeah. photos. Was it Grandma? No, 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 no. no. I, the first they, time I heard they got it, got the wrong photos. The first time I heard it, I thought it was Grandma's. But now that I'm hearing it again, <laughs> it's like no, it was. They just got the photos mixed up. And then we realized Grandma's a lot cooler than we thought she was. And then they were like, "Oh my God, Grandma!" I can tell you, bef you know, this is pre the internet. So in the '80s, when I was in college, '80s and early '90s. I never asked anybody to send me a nude photo. Nobody ever asked me to send a nude photo. It was no, just that says some, more about you. Does it, or does it say more about like the post digital generation that it's so normal that you you think there's something wrong with me? D did you just not hear that guy talk about how prostitution was the oldest profession in the world? We're not talking uh, about prostitution. We're talking about just like how common a, it is a to share nude for, photos of yourself. Uh, there's a market. You said that that there's not a market for for no, my no no no. I'm not talking photos. about a market. I'm talking about people sending nudes. Sending nudes. It happens, Buzz. Yeah, I, I yeah. think you just you need see, to accept that. Well, I guess my point, Buzz, is that if people have been filming and documenting sexuality, even in like the the uh, Betty uh, Page kind of era of things, uh, expect it to happen. You know. Yeah. I don't think it's All something time, new. Everywhere. I think it's become such a much bigger problem now. You think it's a problem? I think it. Well, because there's a lot it more issues. It's becoming much more dramatic. Every, I think there's a lot more issues. Every time I hear yeah, it's like issues. somebody you know shared these intimate photos that were not meant to be shared. All I can think of is, without blaming the person, hey, I think it's good advice not to share those with anybody because you never know when somebody's going to be vindictive or somebody's going to feel like they were wronged Absolutely. in a relationship. And Absolutely. You, there's so many considerations you have to take. But if you're in a stable, long-distance relationship or even a close one and you feel comfortable with the people, there should be nothing wrong with The it. idea when I was growing up, and this was, we were not especially woke in the 80s, but if you... In Oklahoma, like, Oklahoma, eh, you, you went to Baptist schools... You uh, went to church four times a week? How many times a week? No. I was Oh, at least four. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. Hey, Nico, uh, Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo are going to be in El Paso on Friday doing their uh, Tim Foyle hat comedy show. Try to get them on the Mo Show. Talk about conspiracy stuff. You know, why haven't we been back to the moon? How are you going <laughs> to lose the technology that got us to the moon? Hillary Clinton is a robot clone, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Write these down. <laughs> now, I got a call uh, from the boss saying, hey, we really want to have Eddie Bravo on. And I was like, all right, tell me who Eddie Bravo is again because I'm not as familiar. I guess he's pretty famous, though. Eddie Bravo is very famous in two different worlds. He's a comedian. Uh, and he is a MMA fighter. He is a jiu-jitsu master. Uh, he has his own style of jiu-jitsu that he's taught. Um, mm -hmm. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I guess, specifically. Uh, he kind of got started on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, he would come on a lot and be, a, be kind of a character. Very funny. funny. Uh, okay, very well, funny that's, and that's wacky. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. Well, Is we just funny? got a text message from our boss. 
who just said, no, Eddie, bravo, visit tomorrow. Oh, well, bummer. I'm sorry, yep. okie dokie guy. Yep. Sorry, ODG. But that would have been really cool because he is like super into conspiracy theories, does not believe in the moon landings. He uh, doesn't believe we landed on the moon? No. Um, Hillary Clinton is a robot, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Come on. That's those are all. obvious jokes. You think you would think so. <laughs> you would hope so. I'll ad- the closest I'll go, I'll admit, you know, that the fact that we got to the moon with technology that existed in, in the nineteen sixties. It's pretty amazing, yeah. Nobody had a computer, and the computers they did have were the size of a room. No, they had computers. They were women. They yeah. Were- <laughs> you know, but a, like a like a they did that all it was basically a tin can on a really big stick of dynamite that yeah. they shot up to the moon. Yeah, essentially. You have if you have a cell phone, you have vastly more computing power mm-hmm. in your pocket than NASA, the entire organization, had to get to the moon. And we haven't been back? But guess what? We did it. <laughs> you know why? Because we had balls back then. That's oh, why. Yeah. You see, the moon, we're going to just shoot, and you're going to go up there, you're going to land on the moon, you're going to take soil samples, which we still have, and rocks, and there are reflectors that we put up there that you can still send a laser beam up laser, to and get right. it back at you. We definitely went to the moon, and it's just so audacious that we did it with technology that they had the same year that Woodstock happened, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that doesn't amazing. make me doubt it. It makes me more amazed. You know, when you consider how much technology is a part of our life, and we just take it for granted. You think we'd be taking day trips to the moon by now, right? right. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. The uh, Masters Golf Tournament is underway in Augusta, Georgia. Players are. I believe, reaching the fourth, fifth hole. I was trying to find out. They're reaching the what? Fourth or fifth hole. (laughs) That sounds dirty. I thought you said the fourth, fifth hole. The fourth, fifth, fourth, comma, fifth hole. Okay. How excited are you, buddy? Um, I'm just kind of gathering some. It's very early (laughs) on, but... Yeah, I'm going to watch me some some golf this afternoon. Does your girlfriend watch golf with you? No. Just like you watched Sex in the City with her? She watch. I mean, if it's on, she might be in the same room, which is kind of how it was. And it wasn't Sex in the City. No, I'm it was, sorry. It was the reboot. It was no, it was the sequel. Oh, we got to do and something just like that about and the, just like that. We got to do something about the Netflix account because I have to switch my subtitles from to English Spanish. from Spanish to English every <laughs> single time I get on. I thought you said Buzz had his own Netflix account. I believe I do, but I'm just signed it because when you lived at my house, you signed into your Netflix, and I've never signed out of it. (laughs) I'm paying for my own Netflix, so. Uh, Let's see. Tiger Woods, 2020 Masters champ Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, among others. Finau. All right, teeing off. We got one more call uh, off of the neckline to get to. This is, and then we're going to get to uh, entertainment news here real quick. We found out yesterday that it's more difficult to get on to Fort Bliss if you're not, if you're not a uh, if member you, of the military, yeah, or DOD, yeah, or or DOD or an uh, employee. But uh, and and you're thinking, okay, well, that's you know security. But people are calling saying, 
like for Uber and Uber Eats drivers, mm-hmm. it's really difficult it's to a, go through the process. Headache. And, you know, that's going to result in fewer servicemen and women being able to to get Uber Eats mm-hmm. or, or an Uber ride. So here's a, another call that had that kind of touched on that. Good morning, Q crew. Uh, this is Vic, the one who used to live on Slocum next to uh, Hitchcock. <laughs> anyway, I remember um, maybe right before the pandemic, um, when we used to go to deliver or the, to the for, to Fort Bliss, uh, when you had to, when you had to get your pass, they always told us, "Do you have warrants? Are you sure you're not wine or anything?" Because they, uh, I don't know from now, but I know uh, they do check. If you have warrants or or your warrants or anything like that, because they do check your background. So <laughs> one of the things is you got to be careful if you if you are wanted or you have warrants or anything like that. The police will go out and get you. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It's changed from from these couple of years. But I don't know that was uh, that was uh, that was a thing that was told us. Do you have warrants or anything? <laughs> All right, guys. We shall talk to you later. Is that the case? Like they'll do a they'll do a warrant search well, on you. Well, they're doing a background check. Like the guy told us yesterday, they do one that takes five to ten minutes. Will they detain you? Like if it comes out, like, like even if it's something for unpaid I parking tickets. Somebody in the app chat said that yeah, they'll handcuff you and detain they, you. They probably can't because I don't think they're El Paso police that they're, but they could probably they're MPs probably, but they could hold you till El Paso until police. the police got there. Yeah. Uh, that makes much more sense. Would they sense. hold you over something like a speeding ticket or a parking ticket? If there was a warrant out for it, yeah, yeah. probably. So all I'm hearing, which is, is a, a distinct possibility in El Paso. What I'm taking away from all this is stay away from Fort Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Time for entertainment news and Hollywood notes with Joanna Barber. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is speeding up the process that will determine repercussions to Will Smith's behavior at this year's Oscars after the star's own resignation. According to a memo sent by Academy President David Rubin, the Academy's Board of Governors will now meet tomorrow rather than on April 18th to discuss possible sanctions for Smith. Rubin explained that the meeting was bumped up given Smith had already formally resigned from the Academy, meaning suspension or expulsion are no longer a possibility and the legally and the legally prescribed timetable no longer applies. It is in the best interest of all involved for this to be handled in a timely fashion. Smith resigned from the Academy on April 1st and the Academy formally accepted the resignation. You know what? Maybe they're, they, the, he's thinking too, Will Smith is thinking, well, instead of having this trial you know, at the Academy months out, that's going to keep my name in the news. Mm-hmm. Might as well just get it done right now, this week. Yeah, good thinking. I don't know if, it's, I don't know if trial is uh, the accurate word. And I this. think that's what they used. Academy, the okay. Academy governors did. Uh, anyway... Ezra Miller's projects with Warner Brothers in D.C. are reportedly in jeopardy after, in jeopardy after they were, he was arrested in Hawaii. The company's executives held an emergency meeting on March 30th to discuss the troubled actor's future with the studio following their legal trouble in Hawaii. The consensus, consensus of the meeting allegedly was to pause all future projects involving Miller as well as any public appearance that they may have scheduled to support the D.C. cinematic universe. Miller is set to appear as the titular character in The Flash, which is slated for release in 2020. 23. Ugh, this makes me so sad because I'm a big F- Flash fan. 
Just get the guy who does the TV show. I was just starting this. I just started watching it. That's a good show. It's a pretty the good TV show, show guy show. isn't the same as the movie no. guy. No. That's the Flash. No. Are they different characters? What do you they're mean? the they're Flash. Ca- Barry. They both play Barry Allen. Oh. Yeah. But the show is really good, and the guy who does The Flash is really good, too. They should just get that guy to do the movies. Wouldn't it be ironic if the guy who played The Flash got arrested for flashing people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be quite ironic. And finally, Jim Carrey and The Weeknd are apparently friends. Carrey actually appears on The Weeknd's new album, Dawn FM, and he appears in the video for Out of Time. And in a new interview with Extra, Jim says that he was in heaven when they hung out for the first time. In the Out of Time video, Jim pays homage to the mask by putting a literal mask on the weekend. <laughs> Carrie appears three times on Don FM, providing a radio station host-style voiceover on three different songs. He opens the album on the titular track, Don FM, performing as a radio DJ with somewhat apocalyptic and sinister undertones. On the final track of the album, Phantom Regret by Jim... Carrie actually receives a songwriting credit alongside The Weeknd and producer Max Martin. This time, Carrie opens the track, speaking in rhyme, asking the listener to reflect on their life as if it was ending. His poem goes on for three minutes while The Weeknd can be heard harmonizing in the background. Oh. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Today is National Beer Day. Mmm. And it's not just a random day either. It's actually historically connected to something but how so well i'll explain later all right i had a few uh neckline calls that are in reference to the after buzz that we did last friday where we talked about a specific topic and people who'd heard it called in so i thought well let's just share that uh with the rest of our audience let's uh Plug the podcast real quick. So the things you need to know about Buzz Adams Show on Demand is mm-hmm. a daily recap of the morning show from that morning show from that from that day. And Joanna, when would you say you usually have the Buzz Adams on Demand podcast? Up? Uh, about two hours yeah. afterwards. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like two hours. The after buzz is a more traditional podcast where we talk about what happened on the show and that's daily podcast mm-hmm. nico we usually have that up by 11 uh no show ends at 10 we usually have it up by 11 by like two yeah what yeah i wait for what, I, what? I wait. I, why am i sending it to you like at ten fifty-five if it's not up by 11 because you'll forget to send it to me any other time <laughs> that's true and I, so is there a strategy for it going up at two? Well, I'm, I'm waiting for Joanna kind of to put the uh, Buzz Adam show out first. So actually, I yes, thought we decided you didn't have to. Yeah, do that. I don't I know, know what the logic of that is. I, it, I think it looks better if just both because yesterday I saw both of them come out like almost at the exact same time. And, and you think, think that's good? I think so. I don't. I don't. OK, I don't get whatever. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I'm it's not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah. And the What the Buzz podcast is a bi-weekly podcast that Joanna does, and that's both basically our gossip and cheese me mm-hmm. uh, podcast that Joanna does. Are we about due for another yeah, What the Buzz? Yeah, we do one this week. But Emily's out, so. I will do it, I promise. Okay. I owe her one. I've heard that do you before. Even, okay, Nico, tune out for a second. Tune out for a second. <laughs> do you even want him to do to call his I did, you do? yeah, but yeah. I know that Nico leaves. Uh, kind of early, and then I'm still working when he really. leaves. Yeah, she see the thing is that once she gets off this show, she's busy pro, uh, doing pro, the the podcast yeah, so, and other stuff. So Emily and I do the we don't really do our podcast until one. 
And I, I, um, I don't think Nico oh, yeah. wants Good to luck stay around Nico that long. Yeah. For that long. yeah, that will be tough. But I would do it for you, okay? okay? I would do it for you. We need to do one then. I mean, he lives so far away, it's almost a four-minute drive to his house from here. So <laughs> yeah. coming back is out of the question, obviously. <laughs> we had a couple calls about something we talked about on the After Buzz, and it came up, I guess maybe you'd seen it on a it was an article old, like a that buzz up, yeah. feed or something. Mm-hmm. What's the most traumatizing movie scene from when you were a child? Uh, n- movies that have tra- movies that traumatized you. I mean, that w- that's the topic. That and I think kind of along with that, like specifically, not a like a gore movie Doesn't necessarily. Have to be. No. Just like Mufasa's death. Sure, yeah, that's a good one, a good example. Uh, we had a few calls on that, so let's uh, pick up some of these calls that we got on the neckline. If you want to leave a message for us on the neckline, that number is eight four four eight zero five. 6325 or 844-805-NECK. If you want to call in right now and talk to us about it, we'll open up the phone lines. They're actually always open when we're on the air, but it is kind of a new number. You could call us. Uh, is there a movie that really traumatized you? And I think they just have a better effect if it's not really like a horrifying movie necessarily. Uh, if you want to give us a call, new number for the studio is 915-910-4995. That's 915-910-4995. Hi, this is JC. Um, I just finished listening to the podcast, and you guys were talking about the uh, movies that traumatize you the most. Now, this isn't, I would say, the most movies people would think is traumatizing, but I remember when I was a kid, we watched Three Men and a Little Baby, where the part where there's supposed to be a ghost on the window, and we do see a little boy or some sort of figure there on the window. But uh, I remember when that first came out, and we were having watch parties to watch it, and it would come out, the scene, you would see a little boy on the window, um, and then they would rewind it, see it again, rewind it, see it again, rewind it, see it again. And, oh, my God, I had so many bad dreams that night, and it still has recurrent dreams of that figure on that window, and it still freaks me out to this day. I don't know why, but Three Men and a Little Baby traumatized me the most out of any movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that was Three Men and a Little Baby. Three Men and a Baby that stars Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, and Ted, Ted Danson. Danson? Yeah. And a baby. And a baby? <laughs> there was a sequel a few years later called Three Men and a Little Lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so t- tell me, is there a uh, figure of a child that oh, shows up? This it- was an urban legend yeah. that we. I was in a film class in college, and this came up. And people didn't really notice it until it came out on VHS. So the movie came out, I would say, 87, 88, something like that, 86 maybe. Whenever the movie came out, it had uh, Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and Steve Gutenberg, who all were roommates. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene, so the, the urban legend went that a child had been murdered in this apartment where they shot the film. And that his ghostly visage could be seen mm-hmm. in one of the window, windows, just in the background in a panning shot. Do you want to hear? Do you want me to ruin the urban legend for yes, you? Yes, absolutely. So the reason uh, Caller here had a nightmare is probably because he had heard this story in preparation of watching it. Most people didn't notice it until the urban legend was out. 
Uh, it's a standee of Ted Danson. So Ted Danson is a model and an actor, and it, you even see the state like a cardboard standee of him. A cardboard cutout of somebody. Yeah, you know. Uh, I've never heard it called a standee, but I'm reading the word right now. Oh, are you looking up the the, the, the urban legend? Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, whatever their jobs are, Ted Danson is the the model and the actor, and it's one of his modeling gigs. Wearing a, a cardboard standee and a top hat. Yeah. That was left on the set. It was created as part of the storyline in which he, an actor, appears in a dog food commercial. But this portion was cut from the final version of the film. The standee does show up later in the film when Jack stands next to it as Sylvia comes to reclaim Mary. That's not the shot where... The shot that uh, they're talking about just looks very much in the background and right. you just see a face staring out. It, if you look at it very closely, though, it's Ted. It's a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hey, guys, two things about that uh, after Buzz on Friday. Buzz, don't play basketball. Please take a lesson from Tom Segura and uh, don't play basketball. Um, he had a pretty good interview with the Pat McCaffrey show about it. You can probably find it on YouTube. Anyway, second thing, movies that traumatized me. Nicholas Cage, I think, was in a movie called Adaptation. There was a car accident scene that just came out of nowhere. And after I saw that, um, every time I'm watching the movie and they're in a car, I'm expecting an out-of-nowhere car accident. That movie really traumatized me for car accidents in movies. Um, all right. Thanks, bye. Yeah. I have seen the Tom Segura basketball video. Well, let's let's set that up a little bit. On the on the podcast, we were talking about Buzz wanting to, I guess, exercise. I used to get a lot of exercise done by just going and playing pickup basketball yeah. and just running for four, four or five. And hours so he's straight. he was trying to talk about like, well, I'm I'm looking I can't for do it anymore, I'm looking right? for a court that I could go to right now. But I want to play with a bunch of senior citizens, so I don't <laughs> because my knees, my ankle, my feet, everything's just it's, too old for basketball. It creaks so. So uh, I guess Tom Segura, uh, it's a pretty famous story. He was playing pickup bas- a pickup basketball game at a gym. And this has actually been filmed. There's a video of it where he uh, tries to take a shot and he hits his teeth, do you know? Or does he break his leg? It looks what? like he's running to do a layup. And he, he I bre- mean, the best way I can describe it is that he just eats. Yeah, <laughs> he just like face oh plants. Or was on it, the he breaks something, and it looks just awful. I think it was his arm. Anyways, it's it's bent out of shape, okay. and so he's saying, "Buzz, definitely don't do that because you are going to end up broken." I don't, I don't even think I could get to that point. Like I've got some real, <laughs> <laughs> some real ankle issues that kind of uh, prohibit me. From and then I told Buzz, "Well, what about wheelchair basketball?" Dude, those Wheel guys are in better shape than, than non-wheelchair. <laughs> you ever seen those he dudes? You need a good upper body strength. Exactly. He's like, dude, those guys' arms are jacked. I think there's a... Monster ball. Wasn't it called that? Or murder ball. Murder ball. Yeah. There was a documentary 15 years ago called Murder Ball about these guys who play it. That is way more hardcore. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What did you I'm look... watching the Tom Segura <laughs> <laughs> All right, now Did you see what was it? His he arm? like lands on his hand. Oh, and it like twists. Doesn't he also kind of land on his face too? No, it was like his hand when he lands yeah. completely on. Like so, is it something completely bent out of shape? Yes. Yeah. Oh. 
Don't do it, Buzz. Don't do it. Now yeah. let's talk about that crash scene. That has become like a trope. The first time I saw it in a movie was the movie Crash with, uh, I forget who all's in it, but it won, an Acad- it, it won Academy Sandy Award Newton. for Best Picture. A lot of people, who? Sandy Newton. Sandy Newton's in it. Matt Dillon's in it. Mm-hmm. It won Best Picture, and on a lot of lists you'll see it as, this is the worst movie that ever won Best Picture picture at the academy awards but there's a scene where people are driving nothing's going on nothing indicates that there's going to be a crash and you just see this car approaching at a 90 degree angle and they crash into the car and that was almost like a jump scare but i've seen it over and over and over again so it still like gets you no no it did the first time here's the one from uh, adaptation oh i was just yeah Please play that. Possibly Adaptation came out before Crash, but Crash was the first movie that I'd seen it in. Oh! Oh, man. Oh! Yeah, the first ten times I saw that scene, it would catch you by surprise. But now, anytime somebody's having an innocuous conversation in a car, I almost assume, assume. they're going to get T-boned because it's just become such a well-worn movie trope. Right. So I looked it up on TV tropes. It's called Surprise Car Crash. In a moving vehicle, a standard drive-and-talk scene plays out, usually uh, a mundane shot. The scene is violently interrupted by another car crashing mm-hmm. into our unsuspecting characters, appearing sudden, suddenly in the heretofore innocuous view through the windows. But it's because like there's like, a nice dialogue happening in the car mm-hmm. that you almost don't even realize that there's this other car coming directly at them. It's it's intended to be shocking. It's so, supposed to be- so they give as example of movies where this has happened, Adaptation, No Country for Old Men, Constantine, The oh, Da Vinci yeah. Code, Haywire, Whiplash, uh, Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah, it's almost become to the point where it's like a very innocuous or it's, you know. A nice conversation. The nicer the mm-hmm. conversation, the more likely it is that a car is going to T-bone them just out of nowhere. I've I could definitely see so how this times. would traumatize somebody. Right. The first time I saw it, it was it was actually unique and shocking and everything else. All right. Does anybody else have a movie that traumatized you or a scene from a movie or TV show that really traumatized you? Do you remember which one I told you? I was really messed up for like a week. Yes. I can't remember the, the one you Soviet told. version of The Jungle Book, oh, which yeah. they showed on TV. Oh, this one was so oh, sad, man. though. Okay. Well, let's see if we get some calls. I got, okay. a, I yeah. got a break, okay? But <laughs> the, 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 I, on television, I watched this Soviet animated version of The Jungle Book. Now, let me just put it to you this much way. It's sadder. It's not, <laughs> it's not the Disney Jungle Book and then redubbed in Russian. It's actually a fully created cartoon by the Russians uh, as an adaptation. And of, it emotionally hit me like in the oh very no. pit of my soul at the, the age of seven. All right, we'll talk, <laughs> let, let's not give it away too much when we come back. All right, take a break. If you want to give us a call, though, what traumatized you? Uh, from movies or television, a scene or uh, an image that you saw, give us a call, 915-910-4995, 915-910-4995. And more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is coming up right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. 
So Joanna's got the callers lined up. I, I like that you didn't tell me what movie it is. I'm going to try and figure out yeah. the scene. I thought I would, but then I was like, no. Uh, Juan is on the line. Juan's going to tell us about a uh, scene that traumatized him when he was a child or a younger person. Hello, Juan. Good morning. Hey. hey wh- uh, this movie came out in the mid-'80s. It was a TV movie, and it was called The Day After. Oh, hell yeah. That came out when I was in I, high school, man. I, I remember I there, there's a scene when right before the bombs hit, sirens throughout the city start going off. And I remember as a kid riding around in the car with my mom and I would look around for sirens in El Paso just to see if we had those up. How old would you guess you were when this came out? What? Uh, I think I was about 10, about 10, 12 years old. Well, I was a sophomore in high school and it aired on a weeknight. And I remember that yeah. because the next day there was like, it was palpable. Like mm-hmm. everybody, you know, this was back in the day when you only really had three options of what to watch on TV. Mm-hmm. Well, let me set it up for and a little it bit. It was just, you could tell everybody had watched it and everybody was like, oh my God, we are all going to die. The Day After is a film that postulates a fictional war between NATO forces and the Warsaw Pact, the Warsaw Pact or the Soviet Union countries over Germany that rapidly escalates into a full scale nuclear exchange. Oh Yeah. This was hanging over my childhood. You were in the middle of the Cold War. In the middle of the Cold War is just eventually somebody's going to shoot a rocket, then we're going to shoot a rocket, then they're going to shoot them back, and we're all going to just be incinerated. And that's what everybody felt the next day in school? Yeah. I felt like it was kind of a weight around your neck even after that and and before that, too. That's terrifying. No, I definitely, that brings back memories for sure. Thanks, Juan. No problem. Also, like, Especially now, that movie sounds super scary, considering what's going on now. The Day After Tomorrow is not a sequel to The Day After. <laughs> Although it would, maybe it would work that way. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal has nothing to do with this. Let's call. Let's talk to Brad. Hi, Brad. Hey, what's going on, Buzz? Hey, First Brad. Caller, long-time listener, man. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. What do you got for us? Hey, uh, 1968, Dick Van Dyke. I was absolutely oh, terrified. I know. Let me de- look, can I guess? Snatcher. Which one? Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, whoa. That's a different yeah, one. That was, creepy dude who was trying to kidnap the kids, right? Yeah, I was, I was an 80s baby, but I was just a child when my mother showed me that movie. And the child snatcher gave me nightmares. It even gave me separation anxiety, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, describe what separation anxiety, what kind of separation anxiety oh, did like, you? I would go to school, and I didn't want to go to school because my mom would drop me off, and I was just like, Don't I, leave I, me. Know, we had windows, and I, I just kept seeing this green person <laughs> trying to come snatch up all the kids, and I was going to be part of them. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was about a flying car or like an inventor who who'd invented a flying car. But there was also this, you can only describe him as a like a predator, like some kind of creepy dude who was, oh my was God. snatching yes, kids left and right. With a yes. top hat and he would wear a weird green robe. Right. Okay. Thanks, Brad. That's a good, that's an oldie, but a goodie. Thanks, Buzz. Thank right, you, appreciate man. it. Oh God, that, that kid snatcher was ugly too. <laughs> really freaky. These are uh, these are all good. Yeah, they're bringing back a lot of memories. Eventually, we're going to come across one that I'm not familiar with, but we haven't yet. Hello, Vic. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Vic. Uh, one that scared me when I was a kid. Well, there's two movies. One that scared me when I was a kid. It was Jaws, 
and it was uh, the I mean the scene that terrified me the most was when Jaws jumped in the boat and he started eating Quinn. Oh yeah, he oh, yeah. got up there in the boat, right? Yeah, never went into any deeper in the sea than my knees, you know. Hmm. And the second one was uh, the Grudge. You know, when, <laughs> when she's going up into the little attic, I got one of those in my house, and <laughs> I have yet to look in there ever again. <laughs> so it did traumatize you. Was the grudge the one where the guy who's got the ghost, it, like he, you finally see the the girl on his back, or was that a different one that I'm thinking of? I thought the grudge was the, the Japanese one. In it, well, this was uh, was this a in Japanese or was it like the American adaptation? Oh, the, the the American adaptation. But even in the American adaptation, she goes to Japan, doesn't she? Uh, right? yes. I don't yeah. know. I was kind of had my cl- my eyes closed. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it, Vic. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the one where the the ghost is a little boy, right, Joanna? Yes. And he's that's the grudge. That's, that's the grudge. Which is the one where the guy's walking around and he's got this, and then finally you see that it's this girl that's shutter on shutter. his shoulder. Yeah, on his yeah. back. Shutter. Shutter. The grudge is the one where she's shampooing her hair and yes. the hands kind of come out of the hair. The crud. These are all the scary Japanese girl movies. I think it started with the ring, right? Ringu. Like there was something that's like, oh man, that ring girl was so scary. We want to make a movie like that. Mm -hmm. The grudge, the little boy is the one that meows, I think, too. (laughs) Okay, we've hit one that I'm not all that familiar with. (laughs) Let's talk to uh, Manny. We're talking about movies or scenes from movies or TV shows that traumatized you when you were young. Hi, Manny. Morning, Buzz. Good morning. What's going on? Hey, you would remember these. I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe Joanna would because she's a horror fanatic. But of course, the original American Werewolf in London. Um, oh. Watching watching him change the first time, you know, on the in the living room floor. That and, was pretty mind blowing because up until then, they really didn't show somebody changing into a werewolf. Right. You know, like in yeah. old werewolf movies, they would just like the guy would like, fall behind a table and then he'd come back up and he's already mm-hmm. a werewolf. But this one, you saw like the tendons extending, the hair and, growing. Yeah, it was pretty mind blowing for the 1980s. Do you remember Phantasm with the the silver orb? Yeah, and that creepy old that man. One. Yeah, it was a creepy that old one man. Creeped me out as a kid. But were you creeped out by the by the orb or by that scary looking old man? More more the orb because we had the scary old man lived down the street. You were already desensitized. Yeah, <laughs> got yeah. it. But the orb the orb got us when it would stick into someone's head and then it would start to drill. But yeah, it did. It, it got us as kids. Ew, who yeah. is this old man? He is a creepy old man. Let me tell you, he was like the original <laughs> Slender Man. All right, thanks, yeah, man. Yeah. Except he wasn't wearing a bathrobe like ours was. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Great call, Manny. Thank you. <laughs> I wonder phantasm. how many people are going to go check out some of these movies. I'm looking Phantasm reference. up for sure. There was a movie. I never saw it, but they showed, a, I think I'd seen a trailer for it or just the image of it. There was a movie called Scanners. Where oh, yeah. people's heads would explode, and there's this like this bald dude, and his head just explodes. And I never actually saw it in the theater, but I had seen that image, and that was that stuck with me. I I don't know if you know this, but until I was about like tw- fifteen, I couldn't watch anything. I couldn't even watch like an old black and white Frankenstein. I was scared by everything. Or you weren't allowed to. No, I mean, once I got interested in horror, I was allowed. It's just my parents weren't into it. My dad was 
always very squeamish oh, yeah. about stuff. Joanna, he did have a good anecdote about his dad. What, what, was it? what were you watching and your dad came in and was like, oh, what is this? I was uh, either at my house or at their house. It was like season two of The Walking Dead. The Walking season, Dead. Walking oh. Dead. And his dad, who's- oh, I'll old, sit down here and watch this with you. Trying to bond with his son. And he had always told me that when he was a kid, he couldn't watch, even if it was like The Mummy meets Abbott and Costello. <laughs> like he just, I never liked any of that stuff. <laughs> I just do without it. So he sits down. And it's the most it's the most graphic, grossest episode of The of Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Uh-oh. It was the one where there was a character that was on for like a season and he gets trapped in a re- like one of those revolving doors and the zombies literally oh, just tear okay. him apart. Yeah. And his dad's like, Oh, what? Mike, what are, why do you watch this? How can stuff? you see this? <laughs> Here is uh, Vero. Hi, Vero. Hi. Wanna hear what uh, traumatized you as a child? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this was when, I don't know, I guess I was about nine, and uh, my dad had just bought a, well, to him it was brand new, uh, I think it was like a 1950 Chevy pickup truck, and they took me and my brothers to the drive-in for the first time, remember when the old Loma Land drive-in was still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they took us to see The Walking Dead. The original, and the black, was it in black and white? No, well, it was just all kinds of ugly colors. Wait, The Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead? I'm sorry, The Evil Dead. Evil oh, Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah, now I got you there. Yeah, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Oh, that one's pretty I gross. threw her off because I just talked about Walking Dead and she had Evil Dead on her mind. No, The Evil Dead. Yeah. And then when, when I mean, the scene that really, really, well, there was two scenes that really got to me. When the demon's try to, trying to get out of the cellar. Yeah. And it's just looking at everybody really mm-hmm. And then the part where... Uh, the guy's girlfriend, she's already wearing the necklace he gave her, and she's just sitting there laughing, like, tackling, and it was just, like, creepy. And after that, I was like, don't laugh. And then, but now that I see that movie, it's so cheesy. Mm. <laughs> right. but, but back then, and, I mean, it was like, oh, all this green stuff is coming out and stuff, but it really got to me to where uh, it's like, no, no camping. Oh, so it did traumatize you to the point where you won't even go camping at all? Uh, no. Mm-mm. You bring up a good point, though. Whatever your scariest movie was from the, you know, when you were a kid, if you watch it now, it probably looks really, really cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Even classics like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like when you watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like, wait a minute, I lost sleep over this mm-hmm. uh-huh. when I was a kid? Right on. All right. Thanks, Vero. All right. Thanks. Bye. Let's take one more call before we have to break. If we get more calls, fine. I was traumatized by the Soviet version of The Jungle Book, which they aired on, I don't know, PBS or something. You know, and I ended up watching Traumatized it. for a different reason than most people might Completely think. Completely emotional reasons. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Lisa, and we're talking about scenes from movies or television that traumatized you when you were younger. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Buzz. Um, the movie that traumatized me was called The Faces of Death. Oh, yeah. We used to rent those and kind of watch them between our fingers you know we knew what we were getting into because you did you get them on vhs yes um i remember this one scene where they like um tied this man's limbs to four horses like one horse per limb Mm. and they ripped them apart and like i could still see that it was the worst thing ever my cousins and i stayed up late to watch it and it was the worst thing (laughs) these are basically like execute some of them are Mm -hmm. execution videos that you could rent at your family vhs Rental place. This was like even before Blockbuster. But so some scenes some were of real. Were, some of yeah. Some I mean, were they real. were promoted as all being real. 
Oh, wow. And then I think it came out later that some of them were just very, very convincing fakes. What about the horse scene? I don't know about that one. There were many faces of death. I think they they probably made 20 different faces of death, and we would dutifully go and rent them. I could see that why that would stick with you, Lisa. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Okay. Bye. Thanks for the call. As yeah. well as footage of dog fights. Uh, the one for, of all the horrific stuff they showed, and there were plenty of horrific things. One thing that stood out to me was uh, like American or British tourists in some, some other part of the world, Asia, maybe. And it was like a monkey brain scene, except they bring this monkey out and his head is sticking up and they it's alive and they crack this capuchin monkey's head open with little hammers and they they eat his brain while he's alive. This was before Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And footage of a monkey being killed and his brain being eaten by guests of a banquet is also shown. Yeah, I mean, that's just pretty evil stuff, even if you don't do it. That you're putting it on a video, you know? I, that was real. That part was real? The monkey? God, I just want to... I want to assume that it's all fake. Just, just No, the monkey... Like, I can still hear the monkeys crying oh, and screaming no. and stuff. Oh, no. How did you watch this? It was a college it was like a thing, right probably. Pe- yeah. No, no, no. It was before... It was like eighth, ninth grade. Yeah. I, I remember kind hearing... of when VHS came out, and it was kind of a rite of passage or a "I'm not afraid, I'll watch uh-huh. anything" type of deal. I've never enjoyed watching them. There was one of a of an electrocution of a man being electrocuted, and his eyes, his eyes just pop out. I hope oh that my one's, god that that one at the time I remember thinking, boy, that looks fake, but I guess it's real because it's on a Faces of Death video. And now, to this day, I don't know if that was uh, that one's probably fake. I I can't medically. I can't think of a reason why electricity going through your brain would make your eyes explode. Just medically. So you think that one was fake? Yeah. Uh, The monkey thing, though, just seemed. You know what? It was real visceral. Unless the electricity was heating up your eyes to the point where it was so hot, but I'm not into those. Anytime there's like a you know an execution video or something comes out, it's like. I don't want any part of this, you know. Oh, I think if we talked about that in that that episode of the Afterbows. We were going through gore gore uh, films and the difference between enjoying gore and not enjoying gore when it's too excessive and stuff. Yeah, it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. In just about thirty minutes, your next cash code keyword coming up. We're going to have a keyword every hour, about a quarter past. Mm-hmm. Uh, final one will be in the 5 p.m. hour, but every time there's a keyword, you can get another chance to get registered. The more registrations, it's a random drawing, so the more you're registered, the more your chance that you're going to be drawn. You could be the daily winner of mm-hmm. $2,000, or you could win $10,000. All you have to do is $10,000. All you have to do is collect these keywords, enter them on the KLAQ mobile app or at KLAQ.com. As many as you can enter, it increases your chances of winning. You can do that. It's free to enter them. doesn't obligate you to anything. So listen for the cash code keyword. The next one coming up in about 30 minutes. Tiger has teed off in Augusta, did at you, Augusta. Did you see that Tiger is not wearing his traditional red polo? Tiger wears red on Sunday. 
That's the tradition. Oh, the tiger what? tiger Whoa. wears a red polo on Sunday. Excuse um, me. I don't know where you got the idea that he always wears red. Every picture I saw has always been. Well, uh, that's usually from Sunday. Why does he wear red on Sunday? Just it's just his thing since his, he's forever, right? Since he played started. I, think. I don't know. It's just one of his calling cards, man. Almost to the point where people don't want to wear red because they'll be accused of ripping off Tiger. Uh, but Tiger's match at the Masters is underway. As we were having people call in and talk about traumatizing things that they saw in movies or videos, somebody called in about faces of death. I brought up the uh, the monkey brain scene, not to be confused with the mon- I bet you the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I bet you that whole scene was inspired by the faces of death thing. Uh, Good news. It turns out it was fake. I had to look it up, yeah. Yeah. Oh, because it traumatized you? Yeah. Well, I'm watching it. Well, oh. I, I looked it up, and then there's this whole thing on, like, how it was made. Oh. If something scares me like that, I have to look it up. Like, how was this made? Wait, okay. If because it turned out that it was real, would that traumatize you more? That would probably traumatize me, yeah. Because they're just sitting at the table. Like, it's a... Like, happy. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a typical night out at dinner. Let's just bash this Here's monkey Here's a cute little in. monkey. I mean, if anything, it's culturally insensitive because they were like, oh, we were guests at this exotic dinner in some unnamed country or whatever. Uh, well, I mean, I've been, I'm have been i looking it up and it's saying that all of these scenes about monkey brains are kind of orient, orientalism-ist. Orientalist. It's like racist towards orientals. Or, orientalism. I'm not saying, I'm sure somewhere they eat monkey brains. This was very upsetting when I saw it because I took it 100% at face value. Let's talk to, we've got Johnny on the line. Hi, Johnny. Hey, what's going on, Buzz? Johnny, we're talking about scenes that traumatized people uh, when they were younger. What's yours? Yes, sir. Uh, I'd say when I was five or six, um, I watched this movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. (laughs) Four? Yeah, four. I believe it was number four. And it was with, I do remember the character, it was Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. Yeah. And he's a, he's portraying a character as a homeless man, and he breeds roaches. And it's all about bugs and roaches, and that gave me my bug uh, phobia that I have till today. I am... What, were, what were the bugs? Bug, what were the bugs doing? They were. He was just breeding them, and then I think what he was doing is uh, putting them in people's mouths. And I think oh. the character. He was putting them in their mouths, and at the end of the movie, you see a giant roach on a wall with the antennas and the shell, and that's that 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 scene right there really <laughs> really caused me my phobia that I've had. Yeah, I can't say that I ever saw Silent Night, Deadly Night. Four, but I thought the first one I thought I saw was about Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus is a crazed. Maniac. Right, it was a Christmas one, I believe. Yeah. That was the first one. Yeah. So yeah. Silent Night was that buzz one. Silent Night, Deadly Night Four bears no resemblance to its predecessors because it drops the slasher-based Santa theme completely and goes completely with bugs. Uh, well, okay. Here's choice. the here's the breakdown of it. The plot focuses on a L.A. newspaper reporter who investigates unexplained death of a woman, oh, becomes okay. entangled with a group of witches. Silent Night, Deadly Night is me after a burrito dinner. (laughs) (laughs) You can ask my girlfriend. (laughs) All right. Thanks for the call, Johnny. 
Yes, sir. Have a good one. I appreciate hearing from you. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. So my uh, traumatizing movie, I cried for at least an hour after I watched the Soviet version of The Jungle Book. You, you want- cried? Do you want to hear a little bit of their song? Or do you want to pod me up and I'll play Which their- song? Uh, Baloo's song. Uh, yeah, let me go ahead. <laughs> I don't even remember the band songs of this one. You know how the the Disney version was the American version. Rudyard Kipling was a British author that wrote these stories. Wrote the book, right? Turn of the century, and when Disney turned it in, yeah, you know, it was similar story about Mowgli, mm-hmm. the man, the man cub raised very by, upbeat right? by wolves, right? Yeah, but then they break into bare necessities. This Soviet version of the same stories was so relentlessly bleak and depressing. Well, let's as hear I imagine that. life in the Soviet, Soviet Union probably was. Let's hear Baloo's song. God, I don't remember any okay. of this. All I remember is just the, the depressing nature. So uh, when I saw this, I was maybe seven, and I had just recently understood that I was adopted. Okay. Not that it was ever a secret. Right. But I had just... I, you know, somehow it finally sunk in right. because I, if some people listen to the show might know I was, I was adopted. My very early life was, was in an orphanage that I really don't have any memories of. And I never really thought anything about it because it was never mm-hmm. a secret. And my mom mm-hmm. told me, you know, when I was very, very young and I thought, oh, all right, fine. But now you're watching but this But now I'm watching this boy. and I'm seeing this boy who's told you can't hang around your mother and your father, remember he was raised by wolves. Mm-hmm. And then they had a vote. And it's like, you got to get out. And I was like, I identified with Mowgli. Yeah, he's like, oh, It's oh like, no. if I was told, remember. Did he, they vote me out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Was man. I sent away? <laughs> it was like the saddest. For some reason, oh, no. I really just connected <laughs> with the character of Mowgli in the Soviet <laughs> version of the Jungle I'm Book. sorry to laugh at And this. it's like, I. I don't even remember the happy songs. Honestly, I all I remember is going and I was crying and I didn't want my parents to know I was crying because they'd ask what it was about and I didn't want to like, tell you them. You want me gone? No. So I went back and I went in the shower and cried as the shower was running. Oh, no. And then it still it bothered me for at least a week. Oh no. All I could think about was I'm I'm Mowgli. Well and my wolf family is out there somewhere. <laughs> Remember, this Soviet film is is not a happy, upbeat one, so it's not there to comfort you like maybe the Disney version could have. I'm, I'm shocked that there were were actually musical numbers in it because I that none of that stands none out. Of just that, the you remember none of that. Just, just the that isolation and rejection oh, of no. this poor little orphan boy. Oh, and Buzz relating to it really <laughs> badly. Relating to it, yeah. Here's a here's a fun fact for you. Other than my daughter, I've never met. A blood relative in my life, like I don't know a single is, person that I'm related to by blood in my. If, maybe wouldn't that be weird if I met Madam? If you already met him, yeah. Oh my god, that would hopefully be you don't insane. marry them. That's that's always a possibility. That but always entered my mind when I was younger. It's like, what if I come across somebody and I really like her and I'm attracted to her and then I find out she's my sister or something? <laughs> that is insane. But a few years ago, you connected with someone you thought was your biological mom. I. Uh, entered a website, you know, uh-huh. for adopted people. And then I heard from somebody who was like, oh, I, I recognize your birthday. Were you born in, and, you know, they knew where I was born and stuff. And then I took a uh, 23 and Me. So I told the person who reached out to mm-hmm. me, uh, you know, take this. 
So my 23 and me, there's a website you go and check on it. It's like, hey, you have a new relative. This person shares 50% of your DNA. Oh, snap. Because I thought that I was maybe being mom catfished. I thought that maybe it was, you know, who knows right. how somebody scam might insinuate. Yeah, yeah, scam. That could be a scam. So anyway, it turns out, and I, you know, in my mind I was thinking, and she sent me pictures. I guess she got pregnant when she was a teenager. And that's what she did back in those days, especially in the South. You sent the, the pregnant teenager away. And they went to go visit family. Mm-hmm. They had the baby, put it up for adoption, and then came back. You know, and nobody ever knew. So after she grew up, she didn't marry the person she'd had me with. She married somebody else and never told a soul. <gasps> so she's got two other sons. So I have two brothers. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe she'll say, you know, do you want to meet him or talk to him or whatever? It was like. You can't tell anybody because this is like my my deepest secret. So, still, no contact. Still no contact. Yeah. All of us. Look for the bare necessities. <laughs> simple. <laughs> I'm the king of the swingers out the jungle VIP. <laughs> Masters are underway in Augusta, Georgia. Tiger Woods has already played a couple of holes. That's about all I can tell you. Other than, it's a tradition unlike any other, the Masters. (laughs)